States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ms. Cardos? Here. Mr. Jansen? Here. Mr. Pato? Here. Mr. Larmer? Here. Mr. Sharia? Here. Mayor Ruby? Here. Mr. Stuckey? Here. Okay, first up on the agenda this evening, we do have a public hearing. Uh, let the record state that the Brexville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing at 7 p.m. on August 3rd, 2023 at Brexville City Hall, 9069 Brexville Road, to review the plans for the Horticulture Department Greenhouse proposed at 6916 Stadium Drive, Brexville, Ohio. Um, if you are here for this one, uh, please take the podium. And you're presenting to the public, so the podium is turned around so you can address in that direction. Please state your, uh, your name and spelling for the record. Um, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Kickle, K-I-C-K-E-L. Uh, I'm the uh, new director of public service here for the city of Brexville, and I'm here on behalf of the city uh, to ask uh, the planning commission's um, approval for a uh, zoning variance and approval of our proposed greenhouse on Stadium Drive at our horticulture building. It's a 20 by 30 greenhouse. I don't know if we have any images of it. And what we're asking for a zoning variance for is the uh, proposed setback requirement. It's actually set back um, from Stadium Drive. Uh, there's the proper setback, but because the adjacent property behind the horticulture building is owned by the state of Ohio, the property line directly adjacent to the city's property <coughs> is considered public right of way. So we're asking for a variance for that setback. Uh, the proposed setback would be approximately 22 feet, but in reality from the right-of-way edge of the road would be more than um, 120 feet. And 100 feet is what we're asking for the variance on. Is there any questions? Okay, if you are here for this, this uh, topic this evening, this is the time uh, for where we seek public input. So if you're here, anything you say, now, now's the time. Okay, so we have no, no comments on this Okay. One? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next up, we do have another public hearing. This one, uh, the Brexville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing on August 3rd, 2023 at 7.05 p.m. at Brexville City Hall, 9069 Brexville Road, Brexville, Ohio, to consider the request of an enclosed patio installation at 9086 Woodcrest Drive, Brexville, Ohio, 44141. If you are here for this, please step up to the podium. And same as the last applicant, <clears throat> applicant you are addressing the public. So go ahead and explain your presentation. Um, David May, uh, representing the KDA May Trust. Um, we are seeking approval of a screened in patio 15 by 10 straight off the back of the condo uh, on Woodcrest um, so we're seeking 
screened in patio. All right, if you are here for this and have any questions, now is the time we're seeking for public input. Um, feel free to speak up. If not, thank you. And we'll move on to the next public hearing. Brexville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing on Thursday, August 3rd, 2023 at 7.06 p.m. at Brexville City Hall, 9069 Brexville Road, Brexville, Ohio, to approve an LB local business conditional use overlay for a coffee bar use at the Valor Acres multifamily building at 9000 Canvas Parkway, Brexville, Ohio. 44141 permanent parcel number 6032104 you're up please state your name and Josh spelling. Decker on behalf of Dijeronmo companies uh, I'm here presenting on the request for a local business overlay on the existing property the existing multifamily building uh, in order to allow for a coffee uh, bar concept on the first floor for use. Okay, if you have any questions regarding this presentation, please speak up. Um, th this is our time to hear from the public. And if there are no comments on this topic, thank you for your presentation. We'll take this back up in the work session and we'll move on to the next one, which you can stay up there. The Brexville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing on Thursday, August 3rd, 2023 at 7.08 p.m. at Brexville City Hall, 9069 Brexville Road, Brexville, Ohio, to review a ground identification sign at Valor Acres requiring a deviation from section 1187.18C1 and section 1187.06A1 for a reduced setback from the right-of-way and intersection located at the Valor Acres Multifamily Building at 9000 Canvas Parkway, Brexville, Ohio, 44141. Permanent parcel number 6032104. Josh Decker, again on behalf of DiGeronimo Companies. Uh, this request is to put a sign for the overall project inside of the right-of-way, so it is at the new entrance to Canvas Parkway, um, again stating uh, Valor Acres. All I have. Right. Are there any comments regarding the sign? Okay, thank you for your presentation. We'll take this back up in the work session. Um, motion to close the public hearing. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Okay, at this time we will move into our regular meeting. Motion to open the regular meeting. She just needs to call the roll for Okay. Okay. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. <coughs> okay. 
First up, I move to for approval of the regular meeting minutes of July 6, 2023. Second, Mr. Chair. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. I move for approval of the work session meeting minutes of July 6, 2023. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Okay, that brings us to our signs. Uh, our first sign on the agenda this evening is the Valor Acres Ground Identification Sign and Multifamily Signs. Um, Mr. Decker, you are up. Can you please, just for the record, state your name? Josh Decker on behalf of DeGeronimo Companies. Okay, and can you walk us through your application for signage this evening? Sir, so we are back tonight for three signs that we had reviewed previously. Um, as well as two items that we were clarifying, uh, those being two additional dog stations uh, in the common park area, Memorial Park area. Um, I'd like to start with the entrance sign, sign E. In the last meeting, the, there were two main topics discussed. One was setback of said sign and the concern with being able to see on Brexville Road and requesting that we have pulled that back. Um, we've done so and, and our only stipulation was making sure that we were out of the uh, water right away. Um, and I believe we are. That's something that we're working to verify. And the other comment of the uplighting that was on the sign, concern for someone driving down Brexville and getting a direct light in the eyes from that underneath the sign. Uh, so we have gone back, reviewed that and added landscaping in or outboard of the lighting to prevent that uh, possibility. Okay, do you want to start with uh, sign A? I, we have so some cut. I, I, my bad. I, I had started with you. You paused. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. With I, yeah, do, do you, we okay. want to discuss E or um, would you like to move to the yeah. others? Makes sense. Any comments regarding E or discussions? Um, as, as he mentioned, he addressed the um, potential for light shining underneath with landscaping. Um, Mr. Wise, is there any issues from the engineering department? Let's step back. Okay. I, I think they took care of it with the landscaping, which the lights aren't coming through. Okay, any questions or comments from the commission? Okay. Um, Sign A. Yeah. Um, you note in here the revised light fixtures to four foot wide in lieu of the two foot wide. Um, can you explain? Correct. Last time that we were here, we spoke to the, um, and I'm going to bring the memorial back up, and we had clarified a couple of things. You had wanted two foot at the two foot signs at the memorial. And instead of uh, two foot at the front, because you were worried it was going to leave shadows, you had asked us to extend that. I apologize, I didn't mention okay. uh, that revision. Thank you for that. It may be two two footers, but it will be a total of four, depending on okay. availability. So any, any other questions regarding E? No? Okay. So moving to uh, sign A and B located on the building, both the canvas sign, 
uh, and the limelight sign. So we did a, a couple of different items. Um, I think the first conversation topic I'd like to, to get to is um, size of each of those signs. Um, we reduced the limelight sign from a two foot six height to a two foot height. We increased the canvas sign from a two foot height to the two six. So essentially inverse of the two. The other comment on the canvas sign was what other opportunities were there um, for design and possibilities. So we have included um, a couple of additions. We still feel, I want to say we still feel strongly that this internally lit at the larger size is still the better option. Um, we did clarify uh, with them their common detail and the importance of that being a translucent item, the ability to keep the back of that sign clean um, and not detracting from the overall design. We also did go and look at the backlit option. Um, well, not the backlit, let's say the, the rear facing, putting a metal panel behind it, shining Halo the light back. Yeah. Um, we did it in both a white background with black letters on top um, and then the reverse of those. There's images of both. Um, while we're not opposed to them, we don't feel that they're as strong of a design um, as the others. Um, but looking for feedback on, on those in both the size and design type. I believe those were the two. Third item being the question on um, limelight, but we'll discuss the limelight conversation signage, the LB overlay. I figured we would address that at that time. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we have style A and then style B option one and style B option two. Uh, any questions yeah, well, from the commission? You know, first, thank you for showing us options that we asked for. Appreciate that. I think other, other members appreciate it as well. Uh, from what you said, you prefer a facelit sign, basically, we which, do. Is, which is option A, versus the, I don't know what we refer to it as halo or backlit or there's a number of, I call it the halo thing, the halo sign or whatever. Fair enough. Uh, the, uh, as far as option two, uh, that was the backlit. Uh, just looking at it in all of five minutes here or whatever, uh, the comment on the background, I still prefer the background, so to speak. This is a personal opinion. The background versus A, which has the the back supports, which I think you're going to see. And I, I made the comment last time. I thought it just it looked a little ticky-tacky that it wasn't, you know, as far as aesthetically pleasing as it should be for the rest of the building. So I prefer kind of letters on something. I kind of agree a little bit with you. If you have a black background and you have the halo, it's kind of, I think the letters almost might get a little lost. So that might be something for us to consider. I don't know if everybody's gonna be against the, the facelit signs, you know, as being too bright. I like the background on, on option two, but I'd make it almost like 2.1 in terms of having that background, it looks a little tight to, word, to the words canvas. I'd almost suggest spreading the background out to say the width of the glass, if you look at the elevation. Mm -hmm. 
so it you know it looks more in context with the canopy than the sign so it almost looks like a design element for the canopy so that would be my comment that I, I prefer option two but spreading it out and if the letters are that important if the rest of the members wouldn't object to it then I you know I would agree with maybe what you're saying is is light the letters rather than the background it's hard to light black by the way so that's you know when you light black it doesn't tend to light so you might not even you might have a hard time seeing the the letters so you you're actually saying a mix of the original yeah, two point, and this option. option 2.1 okay so and take that and and face lighting them not a back but but having a background behind option a no take the background on option two okay and make it wider spread it okay. out don't do anything with the letters but just okay. if you look at your elevation when when you do it in context of your elevation it almost looks like it's like you you've made it too close to the to the letters and so I don't know what the hell happened to you it. You have a dimension on there that says it's the panel is 13 foot 8 mm -hmm. wide. So I think what Ron is saying is make that 13 foot 8 dimension the same dimension as the glass behind that is, um, that is below. Would it the panels below on that front entry would we align to that I drew on the screen here in blue? Would that be a better matching point than windows above yeah. so that you're reading that as a single element? Sure, but the windows above or below? Below. Below. The windows below. below. So, yeah. so the end windows. of that black. Yeah. Okay. All right. Vestibule windows where the brick and the glass meet. That okay. width. I don't know what it was. I can't. I lost it. Where we? Oh, here it is. On. Yeah, it's on the elevation. And then keep the letters. I like the fact that you made the letters larger. I think that's a better match with the limelight. That this, as I mentioned last time, I think the canvas ought to ought to be. And so, sign. along the lines of what I show there in blue is what you're talking about for the background. That's why I don't know if anybody else agrees or disagrees. That's just, you know, I, I think it tends to tie it in a little bit more with the canopy, almost like it's a design element with the canopy rather than just a sign that was stuck up there. Okay. Personal opinion. And then I don't know why everybody, I know there was some objection or concern, I should say, with the facelit sign last time. So I don't know where we stand with that, but. Yeah, and so this option is actually, um, this is still a backlit reverse shining to the black to the back. Right, that's what I'm saying. If if yeah. if you know if everyone, the rest of the members agree, or you know with the facelit, then you know then you go with the facelit. If not, then you go with the backlit uh, sign. Which either one is, it would be all right with me. So it's what everyone else's opinion on this this one either or on that but I think I think the providing a background rather than seeing the supports I think is a is a positive I think it'll be a more elegant sign than, than so you're saying you like and, and I apologize it's rough but you would take the initial sign and put that backdrop behind it and still have it possibly be a facelit in lieu of a backlit yeah I still prefer the backlit but you know, I yeah, I got to compromise on something, but at some time, but it's the rest of the members what they think. I I would still prefer the back, but but I think it's more elegant. But I understand what you're saying in terms of 
you know, you'll definitely see the facelift easier. But. Any other comments regarding sign A? Uh, yes, Mr. Chairman. Um, I agree with the, the back panel. I like the back panel. I do like the back lid. I think that gives you a very elegant look. And I do appreciate you guys bringing these options to us so that we can look at them. I, 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 would, I would prefer the backlit, and uh, I do like the panel, so. Okay. Yep. I would reiterate, and I think the halo lit is a little more appropriate when you look at the distance that it needs to be viewed from. You know, when we have a shopping center that's set back 150 feet from the road, those front channel letters could become more important, but from where this sits, it's what 20 feet from the road that it that it's I I don't know that that level of light from a front channel ladder is necessary and I would also agree with the other Commission members that uh, I think the halo lid gives a little more of um, a little more elegant look to to the signage um, would lend itself to to your building uh, I, I would agree with Ron in in the wider panel and I do have a question regarding the panel in relation to the front edge of the canopy. Is that right at the front? No, we will back? have to set that back. Six Just or eight physically. inches? Physically. I don't know if it's yeah. quite that far, but we will have to set okay. it back. Set it back. Structurally. Yes. That's even yeah. better. Yes. Yeah, yeah it looks like it, the way it's drawn out, it looks like it's actually proud of the, yeah. of the yeah. fascia. It should be, should be behind it or on it or, or equal to it. Yeah. The, the intent is flush or behind, and I think yeah, with I the structure on setting the back panel, mm -hmm. we'll be back a little more in addition. You might want to hit yeah, beam there or whatever, the support beam that's I, there. I think that would work better for you, just setting it back a few inches. Yeah. Um, and you'd have to raise it a little bit and raise it a little bit or whatever if you're worried about the angle. Okay. You know, if it goes back. Any, any other comments or questions regarding the suggestions that were made? Thank you for bringing options. I appreciate it. Um, I I tend to agree with the other members that I like the option too. That okay. when I when I picked that one out, that's that's the one that I liked the best. And um, you know, again, I think that the backlit just it, it makes it a crisp look um, for the space it's you know more people, elegant, people that are coming in it just i think it, it encompasses what you're trying to accomplish okay so it sounds like the common consensus is option two 2.1 with the larger increase to match Rich. storefront is that something that we could approve conditionally or is that something that you feel we need to update and come back i think Sorry. we can Unless there's any objections from the commission, I think we can approve that with with the statement Fair. that the 13-foot-8 dimension be increased to match the width of the vestibule below. Oh. Okay. And that takes us to limelight. Again, that that was one where we stayed with a different signage. Uh, not the different signage, but with the um, the neon flex material, and we decreased that um, down to that two foot overall height, and sh also tried to shorten the those tail ends a little bit. But that is a a more specific standard. That now, just to clarify, I think from the last meeting, this limelight uh, 
you didn't make this up. This is like their standard. Standard. Correct. Logo, whatever. Standalone, separate business yeah. from Canvas itself. And, and the other question that, that arose was whether the coffee bar, whether it's going to come and look for another sign. Nope. There's that. no signage for coffee. And coffee is on standing alone, but we'll talk about that in LB again, just confirming that that, that is a standard. That's going to be its own separate business. Mm -hmm. Okay, any questions regarding the limelight sign? I think it looks good. I actually like the logo. The last item that is new to this, we had shown the locations for pet stations. We had not shown a cut sheet on the pet stations. We put these in here. Just for reference, um, I don't even know. I, I don't believe it's a variance or deviation from code. We're just simply stating what it's going to look like, correct? You're talking about the dog waste station mm -hmm. on the back page? Yes. Very important. Going at the corners of the retention pond and next to the added bench in the South east cor southwest corner. Okay, any any other questions? Okay. Looks good. Um, that's a good question. But we're just wrestling with how we address the deviation for the size on A because we're gonna make it a little Director Barker, which has it written up for your application, but now we're making it. You know, somehow somebody can do it. Josh, you we, some kind of we would still be well under the overall because we, I believe the overall was close to 360 and we're somewhere in the 70 or 80 range. So I don't know if um, increasing that would change a deviation in any way. Uh, yeah, it could. It would change the deviation listed because the required maximum for canopy signs is six square feet and this would be a little bit larger but is the dimension you're looking at the same one here 19 feet in width it looks like it's pretty comparable to okay so it would be i can pull up could we is it stretching it if we count the back drop as part of the canopy and just take the signage for what the signage would be worth Wider. I was kind of wondering too. Well, no, I but I mean, where we make the background uh, wider, don't count that as the sign. Count the sign as the sign, and assume that that black thing is part of the canopy sign. I don't know if that's stretching it, but. Um, because they could have the canopy go all the way across. I mean, they could have the canopy big, and then if we put the sign on it, we'd only be counting the area of the sign. Yeah, canvas. I understand, but we're still making spreading the letters out. So we're not spreading no, the letters. No, the letters stay the same. The letters stay the same. Stay the same. Stay the okay. same. We're just spreading them. Yeah, it's just making a bigger panel. So the letters are shown as a rectangle of twelve six by two six. That doesn't change. Yeah, and you count that as the sign. You count that as the sign area. So the calculation based on a nineteen foot width would be sixty three square feet. If you just want to. Um, include that in the deviation for the record.
right scale. He's six square feet, so about 20. And we're going to recommend it either way, so maybe it doesn't Yeah, I think it's just yeah, less, it's just less yeah. of a deviation yeah. as far as the number. It's still a deviation. I don't have, I don't have scalable plans set up on here to, to tell right. you. I think the 19 that you have is close. I guess what I'm wondering is keep it the uh, same. Yeah. I'm we wondering it, it, it says 20 square foot and it's 12.6 by 2.6. So that math doesn't, the letters doesn't add up in the first place. So I think we need to check the math unless that's based on panel, that's unless that's based panel. on style A. So it, it if, So uh, are you referring to the write up? Yeah. So the write up has the original it the deviations reflect the originally proposed signage okay, i didn't write it up as yeah. options okay. one and two but if you look under the comments section it does reflect the the deviations reflect the changes that were made okay um it would seem to make sense to me to make it based on the letters at 12.6 by 2.6, so it's... Well, 31.25, is that what that is? That's too much math for me in my head. Okay, well, it's 12, 12, 12, 12 and a half, half. 10, or uh, it should be 31, 31 and, and, and a quarter, 31.25. Um, so we would be stating a 31.25 square foot internal, internally illuminated sign. Yes. Sir. And then the deviation is six square feet to allow 31.25 square feet for sign A. Yes, sir. And then we would be good. Okay. Any objections to that? Okay. All right. I move for approval of a sign package for the Valor Acres multifamily development phase located at 9000 Canvas Parkway and 8900 Lavender Lane as described in the signed permit applications dated June 16, 2023, the attached documentation and the drawings by Sesco Imaging and as detailed as follows. One, 31.25 square foot internally illuminated canopy identification sign on the multifamily building based on style two. One 47.3 square foot internally illuminated wall identification sign on the multifamily building sign B. Sorry. Okay, I'm gonna reread sign B. Uh, one 34.63 square foot internally illuminated wall identification sign on the multifamily building sign B and one 14.7 square foot externally illuminated ground identification sign sign E and two 0 0.25 square foot instructional signs affixed to two dog walking stations at Memorial Park. Second, Mr. Chair. Oh. Contingent on City Council's approval of the following deviations. 
a deviation from section 1187.10C that the maximum size of a single face area for canopy signs be six square feet to allow 31.25 square feet for sign A. A deviation from section 1187.10C that the maximum height of canopy signs be one foot to allow three foot four inches for sign A. A deviation from section 1187.03B2 that sign A be affixed to other than the canopy, fascia, or soffit. A deviation from 1187.05D2 to permit internal illumination limited to the lettering and logo of signs A and B. A deviation from section 1187.10C that the ground signs shall not be located less than 40 feet from the right of way and lot line to permit five foot for sign E. A deviation from section 1187.06A1 for a reduced setback for sign E from the intersection. Second, Mr. Chairman. That's all. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next up on the agenda, Tabitha Sioux Photography at 7032 Mill Road. Please state your name and spelling for the record. Uh, Bob Bottomley, B-O-T-T-O-M-L-E-Y. I'm with Fast Signs, Broadby Heights. Uh, in the last meeting, we talked about the uh, most of the, the two of the three sign elements being approved for this location, but the window was too large, the area on the window, and it was out of code. So we reduced that by two-thirds, uh, but we thickened up the font for the request um, of this board so that it would still have decent visibility uh, to the street. So it's quite a bit smaller. However, it's still a few square feet out of code. And we're just asking to keep it at that just so she can have her brand seen from the road. Okay. Any Same. questions? Any concerns with the revised application? I just am worried that you really still can't see it. No, the, the, because it's so, there's so much just glass area. I mean, I don't have any problem uh, approving this. I just worried that it's not helping them with their brand. The, the part that's on the glass. Or something. Yes. Yeah, it's just, you know, even with it thicker, I don't think there's enough for people to actually pick it up. The, um, the main, uh, I'm sorry, the main monument sign by the road will draw in the traffic. So then once they come into the parking lot, then they'll be able to see. See it. That's your thought. Yeah. Behind them. Okay. If there's a, if there's a car parked there, you've got it kind of low. Would it be better to raise it some or not? Uh, the monument sign? No. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. The, you said the, uh, the, yeah, the window. There's, there's a parking spot. Uh, right we could upper justify that if, uh, if need be. I don't know. It's just it's pretty low when a car is. It's the height of a car, like five feet or something like that. 
We're just looking to center it on this on the panel. Something else. Probably a good suggestion for the business owner to consider. Sure. Okay, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll be open to it. She, so I could raise it, you know, a foot or two up the window glass if that'll be acceptable. I mean, I, I would do that. Well, they have a car park, so you're not going to see it. Looks nice. I love her logo. Yeah, she's into visual arts, so that she's really hoping she can get this on her window. That's part of her brand. So the actual height in which it's mounted is not part of the application, so you can raise it accordingly, as, as Mr. Okay, Pato was suggesting. Yeah, I move for approval and building department issuance of a sign permit for one 9.72 square foot window identification sign for Tabitha Sioux Photography, 7032 Mill Road, Brexville, Ohio, as described in the application dated June 16, 2023, and drawings by Fast Signs, conditional upon approval by City Council of the following deviations from section 1187.09C that the maximum size of a sign face area for window signs is five square feet to allow a maximum of 9.72 square feet. And from section 1187.09C that the maximum sign square footage permitted for the building unit is 18 square feet to allow a maximum of 24.44 square feet. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Thank you. Good to go. All right, that concludes our signs for the evening, and that will take us into our reports. Mr. Stuckey, do we have a report from Council? Thank you. Mr. Mayor, do you have a report this evening? No, sir, thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Wise, is there a report from engineering? No report. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes our reports and our regular meeting. We will now move into the work session. First up, Horticulture Department, Greenhouse 6916 Stadium Drive. And even though you did once, please state your name for the record. <laughs> Sure, it's Joe Kickle, K-I-C-K-E-L. Um, I'm here on behalf of the City of Prexville. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the Commission, Mayor Ruby, Councilman Stuckey. Uh, would you like me to uh, go over the greenhouse again? Um, you give us the condensed version. Okay. Uh, we're requesting a, uh, a variance from Section 1155.32 of the City Code. Uh, with regards to the setback from the public right-of-way um, and we're asking for planning commission approval conditional upon city council and board of zoning appeals uh, to install a 20 by 30 greenhouse at the city's horticultural building property along stadium drive any questions or comments i, I just have one mr chairman um with that elevation behind is it even can you even see this greenhouse? I don't believe so. So the, the overall height of the, the metal structure itself is 13, approximately like 13 feet, six inches, something like that. Um, plus the concrete knee walls, which are going to be approximately three feet high, so about 16 feet. 
but from the floor of the greenhouse to the top of the hill, it's approximately it's about 40 feet. But it impacts nobody visually. No. Okay. All right. I move for approval and recommendation to City Council for final approval of the Brexville Horticulture Department greenhouse at 6916 Stadium Drive, Brexville, Ohio, 44141, as shown in the attached plans, conditioned upon the Board of Zoning Appeals and City Council approval of the following variance. A variance from the requirement of Section 1155.32 that the minimum front yard be 100 feet on an arterial street to permit approximately 22 feet front yard on Royalton Road. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Thank you, Okay, next up, the screened porch at Woodcrest. You're back up. And, uh, David May, uh, representing the KDA May uh, Trust. Uh, we're requesting uh, Planning Commission approval for a 15 by 10 screened-in porch uh, attached to condominium at 9086 Woodcrest Drive. Okay, we've seen this already, and there was no comments from the public hearing. So are there any other questions from the commission? Any further comments? Maybe it is. Um, yeah, it does mention approval. Yeah. We received HOA approval. I gave Monica a letter. Oh, okay. uh, Mr. Stuckey asked me that last time, yes. So I, we got a letter and we, Monica has it. Because right here on our notes it says it's pending. So. Pending, yeah, she, she has one right here. I just gave it to her. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay, I move for approval of and recommendation to City Council for the installation of a 15-foot by 10-foot, 150-square-foot screened porch at, at 9086 Woodcrest Drive, Brexville, Ohio, 44141, as described in the application dated June 14, 2023, and attached drawings by Oravec Design Build, LLC. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next up, solar panel installation at 9735 Highland Drive. My name is John Day, J-O-N-D-A-Y with G-A-F Energy. Okay, uh, if you could please walk us through your application. Absolutely, this is an installation of a new roof. Uh, solar is a shingle included in the roof itself, uh, mounted directly to the decking along with the rest of the shingles. It's a four kilowatt system on the back of the home. Um, each shingle is 46 watts, and we have a perfect rectangle on the back side that no one's gonna look at, but if they did, it would be quite attractive. It's actually a shingle? It's actually a shingle. I brought one in case you wanted to see it. Yeah, I'd like now is the whole roof getting shingled the whole roof is getting re-roofed okay uh, three squares of material on the back side will be 
this space right here. Obviously overlapping, nailed down six nails in the strike zone, just like every other shingle. So it'll be a rectangle, three columns wide, and I believe So that's laid flat on the sheathing? It goes right on the, right on the decking, yeah. Okay. Decking, underlayment. That's interesting. So it's almost flush with the shingle. It is flush. We should be out there selling this product. <laughs> okay, it's on the back of the house, so it doesn't require any deviations. Um, are there any questions or concerns from the commission? No, I like the idea. Yeah. yeah. It's a great concept. Some time ago, when we were looking, we've been looking at this. Yeah, this is the public. It's public. ugly and it holds animals underneath it. This is so nice. It's different. Very nice. <laughs> Wish I had thought of it. <laughs> All right. I move for approval and recommendation to City Council of a solar panel system installation at 9735 Highland Drive, Rexville, Ohio, as described in the application dated June 20, 2023, and attached plans dated June 15, 2023, by GAF Energy LLC, contingent on utility company interconnection approval and also contingent on City Council's approval. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Okay, next up, lot split consolidation and front yard setback at 9135 and 9155 Highland. Jacob Sendel, C-E-N-D-O-L, with Aztec Engineering and Surveying. Jim Cusa, contractor representing Mrs. Doyne, K-U-S-A, last name. Mike Doyne, and I'm the designer working with Mrs. Doyne. Okay, you could walk us through your application. So lot split consolidation and front yard setback for 9135 and 9155 Highland. The new proposed property lines and front setback. But you, for the public's benefit, do you want to ex explain what's there now and how you're changing those, that configuration with the new property lines? So line. the dotted line the house, there. Reference the house and the Okay. So there's an existing house there, and uh, we're going to put a new house there. And we're splitting the lots differently, so the existing garage remains on the one property. And, and again, I'm sorry if you would, but again, I, I think some audience here before that identify which lot has the house you're tearing, going to tear down. Mike's going to do that. The existing house. Property line now, I think, currently catches yeah, just the corner kind of, of. Catches the corner of the garage when it was done, I guess. Probably a inch when it split the line. Thank you for explaining that. 
Okay. Um, Mr. Wise, any engineering comments regarding this one? I do, thank you. Um, as far as the survey, I mean, we have really no issue with the survey and just we would, we would require that they supply your Cuyahoga County pre-approval letter when it comes in. As far as the, um, the split in the common driveway, um, sorry, I didn't catch everybody. Is any, are any of the owners or you're just? Uh, all right, so the question I actually have is about the common ingress egress that you want to share across um, both properties. Um, I, I'm under the understanding that obviously it's the mom and then the son is there. That works great while that's in place, but every, the common ingress that goes across two, once the ownership change, it's always an issue. Both lots have frontage to an existing street. Is there any reason that you absolutely have to have the common access between both lots and they can't just have independent driveways? I, I get I get the convenience. My question is, is it required? Because it eventually it will become an issue. We we do have issues that come up where one the cars are parked in one part of the house. When they change ownerships, that someone's parked in the way. I, if lot A can't get across lot B, vice versa. Who's maintaining it? When you're maintaining it? One person says it needs to be maintained. The other person doesn't want to pay to have it maintained. It. It works fine while it's under the same ownership or um, family ownership, but again, in the future, it sometimes becomes an issue. I and I just wanna, again, is it required? Because again, both both have driveways out to, and the new house would obviously require a new driveway to the the road, so it's. Again, I mean, we're approving it today, so I, it, it's, that's just my comment. If the Planning Commission feels otherwise, I mean, that's Mr. your decision. Mr. Wise, I mean, if we have, what, a three-foot setback on driveways? And by definition, this is zero because it touches itself. I mean, if you just broke that and left six feet unpassable, would that address the issue? It, it, I mean, it would. I mean... The intent is if they are going to use it, then if we're going to leave it in place that it's going to be connected, then there probably should be some agreement in place that sets the responsibility of the driveway, things like that. But, um, I mean, It would be an easement agreement across. I mean, it would be an agreement, easement agreement for both lots that um, they would have the lot A would have the right to use the driveway on lot B, vice versa, the maintenance responsibility, um, etc. Again, it just in the future, it probably will be an issue some at some date. Or if the property sells, then something else happens to to make this problem potential problem go away. And agree to it now. I think, it's, I think it's getting all too complicated. Why not just have the separate drive? If you're building a new house, the cost of extending that drive 50 feet is is minimal compared to what you're going to pay put in the house. So why not just solve the issue now rather than waiting? 
and having it become an issue and then having to do it anyhow. There's a turnaround and by the garage and everything. You go into the garage, you turn around, and you come out. I mean, it's not necessary to complete the loop, in my mind. I agree with Jerry. And new driveway would need to be put in, if I heard correctly, new driveway to get to the new house. So you're pouring that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if what, the rest of the driveway is in good condition, I agree with you. 10 grand compared to a $350,000 house. I mean, it's, it's, I would address it now before it becomes an issue 20 years from now or whatever. Mr. Chair, one thing to note is that a public hearing is required for the front yard setback, so there, there is some time to vet this out on their end. The Planning Commission could require an easement agreement as part of your approval. It, that doesn't take you past the, right. as Mr. Genesis said, doesn't take you past the fact that the driveways are crossing the lot line, right. so you have the, that would require a variance from the BZA, so. Is there a hardship to just fixing it now? Just curious. As stated, that we're gonna if we move this forward, it goes to a public hearing, so that gives time before we move for approval. So, um, in that time, if you can come back with an agreement as described, um, I guess I'm I'm thinking out loud because we've said a couple of different things. What would that agreement be? Because um, as Mr. Wise described, it would be an easement that describes who maintains it in the purchase of a, in, in the event of a sale somewhere down the road who's responsible for the driveway who's responsible for maintenance so on and so forth so something would need to be written up to describe how that gets taken care of um, And as Mr. Weiss said, this still, if it goes by us, it still then has to go to zoning appeal. It's going to pay attorney more than it's going to cost to pay the driveway. Um, oh, I understand. Um, I, I just we're talking through some of the other terms that might need to be in there. If one person is blocking the driveway and the other one can't get out, so. The, the, you can write that up it just it gets a little complicated 
you're going to have to hire a lawyer to write something up. Oh, yeah. it, it can all be done. Um, but that would need to be then submitted uh, when, when you come back. Um, for the commission, does anybody have any objection to that approach um, versus having them change the driveway now? I actually like Mark's idea of just breaking it, get the, get the three feet on both sides, and then you can still use the property, but it, they obviously want the loop set up. Yeah, so yeah that I breaks think, the loop, I, so I then you just... As Mr. Weiss says, we, we have the agreement, so we eliminate issues going forward. Okay, any objections to moving that to a public hearing? Okay, is that direction for an agreement clear? Clear. Okay. Um, Ms. Barkowitz, what would be our, our next date to have a public hearing? The dates are August 24th or September 7th. I apologize, it was written right underneath. You had Worries. it there. It was the bold lettering that I missed. <laughs> Um, do you have a preference of August 24th or September 7th? September 7th. September 7th. Okay. Thank you. I move the Brexville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing at 7 p.m. on Thursday, September 7th, 2023 at Brexville City Hall. 9069 Brexville Road, Brexville, Ohio, to establish a front yard setback of 143.73 feet for parcel A, located at 9135 Highland Drive. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank See you, you on Thank September you. 7th. Okay, next up, SCG Fields Expansion. Uh, good evening, my name is David Budge. I'm here with WXZ Development. Uh, we're a developer general contractor working with SCG Fields. Um, and SCG Fields is a designer and installer of athletic fields, uh, natural and uh, synthetic. And um, they have uh, a business that uh, extends all over the United States. Uh, their national headquarters are here in Brecksville. Um, they share a building with uh, Tide Dry Cleaners. Um, and SCG Fields is growing. Um, They've got um, about 30% about uh, uh, better sales uh, this year than last, and so uh, they need to expand uh, their footprint here on uh, Brexville Road. Uh, and so uh, the proposal, uh, or, or what I'm here to, to seek some feedback on, is an expansion of their office space and creation of a new warehouse uh, next to the existing one. Um, the new office space would be exclusively for the SCG Fields uh, employees, and the warehouse is um, designed to uh, store their field materials and some heavy equipment that they use for installation. Um, 
the office expansion is uh, 4,395 square feet approximately. Um, the warehouse expansion is uh, 6,372 square feet, I believe. Um, SCG Fields owns the property that their buildings are currently on. They also own uh, the lot next door um, that has a single family home on it. Um, so the proposed uh, redevelopment is to uh, demo the uh, single family house and um, create a parking field uh, essentially on that side of the uh, site and uh, expand the building to the north. Um, and uh, there are a couple of variances I think in here uh, that uh, Monica has put in the staff report. One is regarding uh, a front setback uh, variance for parking and then also to total number of parks for, for the site. So um, I'm happy to answer questions as much as I can on the operation uh, and anything else on um, the nuts and bolts of the, the proposal that's here. The applicant is in for a consultation this evening. Um, so I guess starting, Mr. Wise, do you have any consulting to offer? I mean, as far as the, uh, the lot split or the lot consolidation, when they came in uh, many years ago, they actually split that piece off and now they're just adding it back in and expanding the building. So they split it off so they could run the other parcel as a, a separate parcel. And now we're just adding it right back to what it was when they first came here. So I, I, and then expanding the building, I have no comments on it. Okay. Any thoughts or comments from the commission? Sure. Yes. You know, I think when you look at the square feet that was and is being added, the, the ratio of square feet to parking becomes much more favorable under this proposal than it, than it is currently. I do, you know, when you, when you drive past that section of, of South Brexville Road, um, they're probably just eyeballing it are some parking spots in other buildings that may not be well may not be 85 foot setback from Brexville Road um, kind of tongue-in-cheek but those have some landscaping that kind of shield them from Brexville Road aesthetically this one obviously <laughs> doesn't have the landscaping in the front yard and which makes yes to my point of those 10 spots in the front is there another place that they could be relocated to the side of the property, to the to that northeast corner, without a lot of difficulty? Uh, I think the short answer is yes. Um, I mean, we we did want to put some spots up front just to make parking more convenient to the front door. Um, the majority of the parking at, that's shown on here is for employees. Uh, SCG doesn't do a lot of business, nor does Tide, with people walking in. Uh, they do have vendors that come in and third-party contractors, but they're not doing retail business, so to speak, out of the, the front door. So the, the parking spaces are mostly for employees. So that being said, I think, you know, if you could find another spot, maybe in the back of the property. Um, Without the expense of the land bank stuff, which is... The terrain is different there. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, the issue when we looked at it um, is, 
you know, the, the warehouse has a parking requirement that I think assumes there's probably going to be more employees in there. And really, this warehouse is really a storage warehouse. They're, the trucks pull in, they offload their equipment or the material, and they store it there. You know, right now, these guys are putting stuff in a Connex box in the back. Um, so they're, you know, I guess my point is I don't think, you know, all the parking that we show will probably be utilized. Would the employees enter in the, through the warehouse, or would they enter through the side door or the front, or where would they, or all yeah. above? Or? Well, there, I think for code, we'll, we'll have a, one on the front, and then there'll be a side entrance where the office is. Uh, if you so can, they'll probably, you the can office see that. people come in the side entrance probably, and the warehouse staff will probably come yeah. in the rear. Well, there's, there's an entrance on the side of the building proposed, and then there'll be the front door entrance. Um, we don't show an entrance off the side of the um, warehouse, but we could certainly add a man door. Um, you have an entrance on the back of the warehouse. Correct, yeah. There's man doors and roll-up doors on the back today on the existing warehouse. And then the proposed warehouse has three uh, roll-up doors. So if you move some of this parking to the rear, if we got rid of that, those could be for the warehouse personnel, possibly, and they dinner through that back door? Correct. So, I mean, There's 10 spots. Yeah, because that would be nice. I agree with you. It would be nice to get rid of those. It's kind of nice the way it is now. Do you have big trucks coming in the back to get stuff out of the warehouse? No. I mean, they have, um, uh, uh, like, <sighs> dualies with a, a pull trailer. So they don't do 53-foot. Uh, tractor trailers um, to move their equipment uh, or their field uh, material uh, and Tide doesn't either. They have like box trucks and vans. So you could in that open space put parking lot, you know, a uh, back toward the, that ditch that runs across the property um, in the back here. Probably park yeah. them yeah. over here. That might be the That's what we were thinking. Yeah. Or even in the middle. Or if they don't need them, maybe it'd be easier just to drop them. Yeah. Yeah, don't have it all. Yeah, yeah. that's an even better idea. Drop, drop all just drop the 10 off. Yeah, just the 10 that are at the front, and then you just have single loaded parking at the front of the building. Yeah, yeah. I, I do know there. that the owners would like to have some parking up front. Yeah, you keep, it still gives you the still, it still gives you the up against a yeah. building. It's only dropping the ones towards. Yeah, right. So, so there's still 11, including the two handicapped spaces that would be right at the front of the building. Right. Um, is there an objection to that? No. And, and Mr. Chairman, as I look at the rest of these, I mean, the 150 foot off the right away. Um, well, there are, the existing is 135, so that's already been, you know, we're just matching, we're matching existing. And then the 200, or the 300 square for width, and it's at 299.5, I think Making those, it better. those are kind of no-brainers on both of those as I look at. Okay. Any other thoughts? Um, is there anything else? I mean, you're here for a consultation. Anything yeah, else you I, want feedback on? Right. I basically on the 
parking counts and, and the setback. And, and I, I should say, you know, there's not an issue. I haven't talked to the owners about removing that parking, but I, I don't think they'll have an issue with okay. it. Anything else to add? Okay. Is, is everything we've told you clear? Yes. Well, let me say, should we drop the 10 or should we relocate them? Whatever you'd rather do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you need them, yeah. obviously yeah, relocate if you need them. them. If you need them. Okay. Yeah. Or when you come back, you'll modify your accounts for what you are providing. Okay. How many employees are there? Uh, there's 48, and I think they're going to uh, probably have another 15 to 20. And you said there's very few people that that stop in right I mean they don't do a lot of um, customer business through the front door they have uh, offices in Maryland and Florida and um, they work with the NFL Major League Baseball the Big Ten ACC I mean their list of clients is pretty impressive and most notably Bristol Broadview Heights High School Okay, so it seems if you want if you want to drop those ten spaces, that's fine, or if you want to relocate them towards the back, that's fine too. Okay. Um, it just seems there's uh, some effort to keep keep the parking from going over that eighty foot eighty five foot parking setback. Okay, um, and the ghost parking in the back. Um, I don't. Is that what you call it? land bank parking? Should we show that or? Yeah, I would go ahead and show it. You're not paving okay. it now. No. It's there just in the event that it should become necessary. So Okay. Um, I would go ahead and show it. Okay. Otherwise looks good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. So I'll talk to Monica about next steps and we'll get you a revised plan. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for Monica, I did do these. Uh, revised plans. Okay. Let's marry again. Okay. Next up, Valor Acres multifamily LB conditional use for the coffee bar. Have the overlay picture or no? you're ready if you want to get started um, and if you still have some setup that's fine too we'll let that that load Josh Decker um, for Valor Acres again so back in front of you for clarifications and I think part of this was also a conversation with the signage for the uh, the coffee uh, and bar area in the multi-use building there we go um, so same picture, same diagrams as last time. 
taking approximately 500 square feet, applying an LB overlay to it, allow for the coffee bar concept uh, with the parking out to that forward face. Last time clarification was asked for ownerships and entities. Um, so for clarification, the coffee bar will be its own entity, Limelight is its own entity, and Canvas itself, uh, the building is its own entity. So these are both uh, Limelight and the coffee concept will be treated as separate business. Okay, and you were, of course, here for the public hearing tonight. There was no comments from the public regarding this. Um, any, any questions or comments from the commission? No, I think he answered it. Yeah. We were worried about additional signage as these, and there's not going to be any signage. And they did a nice job of shortening limelight and do that. So I, I thought they did a really nice job. Thank you. I move for approval and recommendation to city council of an LB local business conditional use overlay for the Valerie Acres multifamily building at 9000 Canvas Parkway, Drexel, Ohio 44141, permanent parcel number 6032104, as described in the application dated June 20, 2023, by DeGeronimo Companies and attached documentation. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Oh. Well, you need to vote. <laughs> Just say yes. Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Right. Stuckey? Yes. Apologize. Thank you. Is there still another agenda item on that, or did that get updated? There is one more agenda item, but it is uh, the city itself. Okay. So if we wait, it doesn't, yeah, nobody's doesn't harm anything. Nobody's well. waiting, just us. And while you're on here for six items, they're, out, they're of course all related. Yes. Um, so, uh, by the way, you weren't up here earlier. Do you want to state your name and spelling for the record? Yes. Hi. Hi. Kevin DiGeronimo. D-I-G-E-R-O-N-I-M-O. And each of these buildings, as I understand, you're here for consultation. So it would seem that uh, you, you could take it however you'd like, but do you want to lead through the entire presentation yes. and then take them one by one? Do you want to do one building at a time? <clears throat> I think we'd like to walk through the entirety of the, of the buildings we're presenting tonight, and then we can uh, go about it however uh, deems fit. Okay. Kevin, did you want to introduce the? I will. That's part of the oh, part of the plan. Oh, I'm handing this off as soon as possible. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, first, I just want to say thank you again for making time. Um, this has been uh, this has been a, a, a big effort on our part and your part. So we we have these late nights. Brought the sleeping bag for tonight, um, just in case. Um, I, you know, we're here as a, a consultation. We're here to get some of your opinions and thoughts so that we can implement and work through uh, anything that comes up. Uh, before I, I, I hand off, I just wanted to introduce a semi-new member of the team, Mackenzie Makepeace. She's our Director of Mixed Use Development. She's been with us since the uh, earlier part of this year, 
and has been um, working hand in hand with Monica and the city staff on assembling a lot of what you'll see here tonight. Um, she comes with us with a lot of mixed use experience in this exact type of product and um, with companies from Cleveland that have done work in Cleveland and outside of Cleveland. Um, so I'll let Mackenzie kind of lead through the, uh, uh, I guess, vision that we're talking about here tonight and Josh and I will be here to continue to have back and forth and answer any questions as we look to work through this with you. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to try my best to um, get the IT working, so I may need Monica's help. But um, I'm Mackenzie Makepeace, M-A-K-E-N-Z-I-E-M-A-K-E-P-E-A-C-E, -E -E -E, here with Valor Acres. Do I just click? There's a young man right here that can help you if you need it. Oh, nice. I love that shirt. Sure. Yeah. I got six of them. Oh, yeah. I got that minutes at least. Great. Thank you so much. Polos like this, though. Okay, as, uh, as uh, Kevin mentioned, I've had the pleasure of working with Kevin and Josh for the last six uh, months on Valor Acres. It's uh, uh, just such an exciting project. And as the, the new person in the room, I do wanna take this opportunity just to just thank you all for all the work that you guys have done on this development. I know it's not a small effort. Um, and I just want you to know that I am, I'm really focused on uh, working together to create a really great place here. I think that this is just such an amazing opportunity. So um, tonight we're really excited to share our updated vision for the mixed use development at Valor Acres. Um, this is the updated site plan. So just to kind of orient everyone to where we are, you know, the uh, plan south is Miller. We have Brexville Road, plan east. And then um, today we're really focusing on buildings C, E, D, F, G, and H. So uh, kind of the core of this mixed use development. Um, we've really been analyzing, you know, e even prior to when I joined the team, um, all of our, our market studies, uh, information from our brokers, information from our hotel operating partners and the local community to really try to come up with the right mix of uses for this site. That's a very important part of, of the development. And uh, we really want to fo focus on making sure that all of the components are really working well together. Um, that is one of the magical parts of mixed use that if you get it right, um, the, the parts are larger like the, the sum of the parts are larger than each individual piece. And, um, you know, for example, we need the right hospitality component and the right mix of residential to really support the office tenants that we need. We need the right office and um, density of residents to get the restaurants that I think the community and, and Sherwin-Williams really wants and, and the right retailers. So this is kind of what's driven us to the uh, massing and, and designs that we'll share with you tonight. 
Um, we've also brought on some additional design partners, so I just wanted to mention them because they're not in the room with us to here. Um, so we are continuing to work with AODK. I know you're familiar with them from this site. So uh, they are the architects leading the efforts on the garage and the office building H. Um, and we have added to the team MA architects out of Columbus. Um, so they're really helping us with the mixed use buildings E, D, and F. Uh, they come to us with extensive knowledge in mixed use, so they've um, been very integral in Bridge Park, uh, Polaris, Easton, all really vibrant communities down in Columbus. And then um, we've also added the Myers team. They're another architectural firm out of Columbus um, that has worked closely with our hotel partners, Crawford Hoying and Shainer. And they are coming off, our, our partners are coming off um, a really sick, successful hotel that has a similar layout to the one that we're presenting to you guys tonight. So we feel really confident in that, that kind of partnership in, in this architect we're bringing in. Um, so I do want to take this opportunity, I would love to walk through the design intent for each building and go building by building. But if you would prefer to um, kind of just start with, with any questions and, and kind of really have this work session where we, we dig right in, I'm, I'm open to that as well. I think it would probably be best um, to walk through the whole thing and okay. then we'll come back and hit them one at a time. Sounds great. Um, so I'm going to start at the entry uh, off of Miller near the uh, hotel. So I'm going to start with the hotel building and then kind of work our way uh, down to the right of the development. Um, so the hotel concept, um, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of the layout is based on work that we've done with our partners on um, one of the most successful openings that the flag that they have currently has had um, in North America. So we, we really think that they're onto something and um, you know, feel confident in their ability to design a limited service, really high-end hotel. Um, we jump to some of the renderings. Um, they really, they pulled this bronze material on purpose. They really wanted to um, tie back to uh, the VA and uh, the idea of military service and valor. So they thought this was a strong material. And that's the, the reason they selected um, the, the kind of bronze, bronze cladding. You can also see that um, it, it is a six-story building, but the sixth story is a rooftop bar and the exterior walls step in so that it really will be perceived as a five-story building. Um, this was a critical component of the hotel that they just opened. Their rooftop bar is, is what they would say wildly successful um, and just, just adds a lot to the vibrancy of, of the building. Um, you can also see that they've uh, added in a lot of interest on the ceiling and they think that will be a great focal point as you're walking down the boulevard towards the hotel building. Here's some additional renderings and views. So this will be when you're pulling off of Miller. Pulling up to the building. And then um, one of the unique pieces of this building, so I'm going to flip back um, actually to the layout, the floor plan, um, is that it's really going to be two sides, like, well, it's a four-sided building, but there's going to be entry 
points um, on, on both sides of the bars. So I think that's really important in a mixed-use development that you don't have you know, a side of the building that feels like it's just for service. We will really be welcoming people um, on both sides of the building, and they will both be very appealing entrances. I'm going to skip up to E. So this is one of our mixed-use buildings that has um, ground, or sorry, I'm going to skip to D. Um, D and F are mirrors of each other, so I'm going to really talk about kind of the design intent for both at the same time, if, if that's okay with uh, the Planning Commission. So uh, D and F both have significant ground floor retail um, we really tried to make sure that the end caps could be activated with restaurant space, so we tried to focus on, um, you know, how could we make attractive patio space in the areas um, that are set back, and how do we make an engaging space between the two buildings um, that, that could attract the right uh, restaurant tenants and be, you know, just a great um, area for the community to gather in. And then obviously there, there's residential above the retail floor. Here are some of the renderings. Uh, you can see kind of the corners of the buildings with the plaza in between D and F shown right there. I think um, you know, the design intent uh, is to have these frames that kind of break up since these are two of the longer buildings um, and, and they have a presence on Miller which is obviously outward facing towards the community. So we wanted to make sure that these didn't just look like long masses so we really tried to use frames to kind of break the building up and uh, give it some articulation and character. Um, and one of the things that we did take note of from this commission was the um, uh, thought around repetition. So I know on Building I we had a long discussion about um, just making sure that there is some sort of rhythm and pattern. So we really tried to, um, you know, think about that when we were designing these buildings with MA, and they have kind of an ABA uh, type of rhythm down the facade. Okay, I'm going to move kind of quickly through elevations here. F is very similar. Again, the ground floor retail with the residential above. And then moving on to building E. So this is the, the third uh, like mixed use building that we've worked with MA on. Um, and this building, uh, you know, we really tried to use this frame with masonry to break up the mass of the building. So we do um, recognize that this is, you know, the largest residential building that we have on site, and we wanted to make sure that the massing didn't feel out of place. So um, you can kind of see how the, the white masonry steps down and then back up on uh, kind of the face that we're looking at right now. It also has um, a nice kind of uh, just like, um, uh, a break so um, we were able to kind of put our amenity space um, uh, in in this break of the massing in the courtyard and it really allows I think uh, a great spot for our residents but it also allowed us to put patio space for the retail so um, you know kind of s serves dual purposes breaks up the large mass 
gives us amenity space, also gives, um, you know, I think good patio space for a restaurant um, that'll, that'll really anchor that corner. Okay, and then um, moving down the road to Building G. So this is the garage that is um, across the street from D and F, which are the residential buildings on Miller. Um, so with the with garages, I think you know the best you can do is kind of try to hide it. So that's what we've we've done. We've um, really looked at trying to make this long mass look like a number of different buildings. So choosing. Um, different materials and breaking it up into sections we think uh, achieves that so it doesn't just look like you know one big large long mass um, the other thing that we've done is uh, tried to mimic the um, like punched windows on the uh, uh, residential across the residential buildings across the street from it um, to really give it a facade that, that kind of mimics a residential building as opposed to just screening a garage which is what you know some other developers would do. So we think it's it's pretty successful in creating a a building that doesn't look like a just you know a garage on the street. Um, it's also important to note that we do have uh, retail activation on the ground floor of the garage as well. So we have carved out space um, to make sure that that boulevard stays activated and isn't just um, you know interrupted with a long uh, aisle of parking. Here you can really see the kind of different sections come into play. And then finally, building H caps the garage. Um, so you can see right here. And there are a few moves that we've done. So you can see that there's a chamfered corner of building H, and we really think that that'll help the pedestrian experience. Um, we've also pulled Building H off of that middle boulevard road a little bit, and um, we think that'll give a great patio opportunity for a restaurant in the, the ground floor retail space, and um, again, will enhance activation in, in the pedestrian experience. And here we've just tried to really pull from the materials we're already using on the site um, to create a building that, um, I guess, doesn't match. We don't want these buildings to all look the same, and and kind of look like it's just been stamped down all at once. Um, we really want there to be some differentiation in the buildings, but we also think that there needs to be common architecture that ties. So we've really tried to do that, you know, with some of the wood accents here that you'll see in DNF too, um, you know, and, and trying to use similar uh, colored materials throughout the development. Um, to kind of just fi add final thoughts, um, we really believe this, this development has the right mix of uses and that the massing of these buildings work well together and is appropriate for this particular development. Um, but we're very interested in hearing your feedback tonight and really hoping to come away with some guidance that will help us progress our plans. I don't know, uh, Josh and Kevin, if you want to add anything. No, I, I would just think we'll, we'll, we'll add a little color as we go through specific buildings or if there's comments or questions along the way. Okay. Um, if I may offer, I would suggest we start with Building C, which is the hotel. Sounds good. So several years back, 
just went on the ballot um, for the additional additional conditional uses to and uh, the motor services is one that we we put on this property and we kind of always anticipated that there would be a hotel there um, so one of the reasons that I'm starting with this one is from a consultation standpoint for myself this one seems the most obvious we always knew there was a hotel coming so um, I would have no objections to when you do come back in no objections to granting that conditional use for the motor services um, and you it, it appears from the application that you are um, uh, I lost the sheet but it appears you're setting a property line around this one is that correct okay so same, same we, principle okay so if we grant the motor services conditional use it would be to just to this property correct the five okay. foot plus boundaries including canopy okay um, yeah there it is okay so it has its own property we always anticipated that there would be a hotel um, the hotel has the appearance of uh, non-proprietary at the moment um, I assume that's for a reason yeah we are we are we are focused on a specific um, hotel brand we're just not at a point that we can name that publicly okay have they have they seen this yes okay so, so it's not going to change dramatically if you if it if we were unsuccessful pursuing a, a particular brand it would so I don't want to be but we are we're our, our degree of okay. confidence internally is high Kevin could you name a few brands that this may or may not be a, a part of that set of brands just to frame out what we should be thinking about um, <laughs> I'm trying to no, figure out the safe way to answer that um, well, I, I, tell I mean, us we're, we're it's, a, it's, a, it's a very well just, recognized uh, chain. Just give us the first letter and the last. <laughs> <laughs> it's always asking for. I, I can tell you, there's there's three major brand names. There's Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott. It is definitely one of those one of those um, categories. And yes. it rhymes with. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, Such a tease. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this may surprise you, but I really like this. Great. Yeah, I was. Well, I know you're shocked. I'm not. I'm not I'm excited. I was going to say the same. Architecturally, I think it's a strong building. So I hope whoever you go with um, has something similar to to what we're seeing here. Yeah. And what I know I, it's a consultation, and I know that they have their brand images when they come in, and absolutely so on and so forth. Um, but but I do like this one. What I would just say at this particularly and across our different classes of uses we are we are trying to keep the promise we made from day one here that we are striving for the best in class that we can achieve so across the platform we are not um, this is one of those things that it would be far easier for us to do a less than um, uh, quality brand because the numbers would actually um, do better let's say financially but it wouldn't be it wouldn't suit this development so that's a common theme across all our classes. We are trying that for retail, for our residential, for our office, for our, our, our hospitality. Uh, we're trying to reach for best in class in all categories. Okay. So it has its own property, traces around the building. Yes. Um, you have a parking spreadsheet that you provided in this in which you yes. define um, parking that goes along with it. Uh, so clearly that parking is not on the property itself. 
Correct. And, I and know they will all definitely these hotels have their requirements of how many yes. spaces per rooms. Can you walk us through um, how you're accomplishing that parking for the hotel? Yeah, I'll, I'll let I'll let Josh and Mackenzie answer the technical side. But what I can tell you is um, hotels have come a long way from the days of I need 200 spaces per 100 rooms. Um, they obviously know that that has changed. So in part, we will have um, a shared use plan and, and it'll be some adjacent parking. It'll be some uh, dedicated parking in the garage and it'll be some dedicated parking in things like valet service. So um, a share of those three functional ways of distributing the parking, but I'll let Josh or Mackenzie jump in on, on that part. So the shared parking study, I think, has it at 0.8 per, um, per unit uh, plus employee. On the, uh, on the spreadsheet, we put in a, the required code Was a, which would be 235 spaces. Um, again, calculated in the parking um, summary sheet that's attached to the back for all the buildings. Main concept to Kevin's point, uh, the parking to the rear of the building, um, to that backside for more people who are going to self-park and the idea of people who are valeting, uh, valeting to the top floor of the garage would be really the two primary areas of use for hotel. In their stats, they speak a lot to the amount of business. I was just going to say that. And people using that, being someone who's coming via Uber and et cetera, not someone who is driving. Yeah, it's a good point. Facility. Uh, this is definitely a hotel brand and a hotel use that we, we see as a primary, especially during the week for the business traveler. The business traveler, that's likely to, to mostly use taxi or um, ride share services. So we don't believe that at the times where we'll need the parking because there'll be people here at the office and stuff that, that, that they'll have a heavy demand. On the weekend visitor or guests where they're most more likely to have um, vehicles because they're, they're doing a staycation or are visiting relatives locally, uh, that, that user typically does bring a vehicle and that'll be during times on the weekends when the offices and such aren't, aren't busy and those spaces will be available to them. So that's sort of a very high level of how some of the shared parking study works. So you're planning for a certain amount of, we'll say, non-simultaneous use. In Correct. Okay. And, and again, our, our fallback on all that as we come with the study is to obviously land bank parking so that as we have the opportunity to actually be in use and, and open, we have the opportunity to address it if we should need. Okay. I just said, that being said, in any other, any, I've been talking a lot on this one, so I just want to open up the rest of the commission for building C. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, whoever worked uh, with Ms. Barkowitz to put together the presentations and uh, assemble all of the uh, required references to deviations, et cetera, thank you for uh, very thorough preparation. I don't know if Miss Makepiece is the difference. I was no, that's Josh for sure. Yeah. Originally, but not now. I hesitate. Oh, that, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Josh. Yeah. Um, I heard a uh, 60 foot versus 40 foot conversation. By the way, for the for the 
acreage, I'm sorry, six acre versus four acre, there's a subsection that points us to four acres in lieu of six because it's on an internal street and not an arterial street. And that's why it says four in here and not six. Okay, very good. Um, just some generic um, questions and a couple clarifications. Um, I don't know if Josh can answer this. You know, looking at the 11 by 17 for the, the outline of the, the sublot, does that include now the patio or is the patio outside of that? We left the patio outside of that, but we included the uh, portica share because it has foundations and structure in it. And is there some sort of amount of seating or that you're anticipating in that? I don't patio? think we're, we're quite to that level of, of discussion and activation. Um, you'll notice that that building itself is significantly reduced from the, or a significant increase in distance from the street. So we're we're trying to find what the balance is of activation to the forward side versus activation to that side and towards Brexville. Uh, something that we'll continue to, to work through with the design team. And this is not a criticism, but I thought early on when we were talking about uh, a hotel, it was going to have uh, even more than this does in the way of like conference, seminar, facilities. Uh, I, I'm not sure how large these meeting rooms are, but. That something that changed or so um, it, it, it hasn't changed as much as it's being spread out through other users within the development so there is meeting rooms and conference rooms at this hotel and I think maybe previously we thought that more of those would be in the hotel itself but as we are planning for spaces like office lobby and and first floor retail areas we do plan on having efficient shared spaces some that'll serve as lobby and some that'll serve as event itself space so it's it's a little more of a hybrid use in some of the other areas like even h and i will have areas that could host events um, and so we've when we're sort of assess that there's not this big conference center need and so we're, we haven't included that in the current program of the hotel okay. um and a couple maybe dumb questions but how, how do you arrive at like 136 rooms? Is this tied to businesses in the area, other they, demographics? Or I'm just curious as to how you decided exactly how to size yeah. the hotel. Um, the limited service brands, this one in particular, have a, a range of about 120 to 150. Uh, so we sort of split the difference here on the current in terms of uh, density of units. Um, there admittedly is a little bit of guessing as we've done the studies and stuff. It falls within the safest range to project. Um, we, we feel like the, the, the future market's going to be very strong here, um, but this is a, a you have to prove it market. So it's sort of a half hedge, half confidence. Um, we certainly don't wanna come out with 200 rooms um, right off the bat because it, it seems like that'd be a little ambitious. Um, and so we don't want to come off with 90 either because uh, the operating uh, efficiencies are way down. So this is sort of the, the, the sweet spot. And as, as the chairman indicated, this is something we always anticipated. You know, we've decided it would be good for the community. You know, at the same time, we're obviously concerned about the viability sure. of a hotel. If you can't answer this question, I understand. But in my experience, sometimes hotels like this in proximity to an entity like Sherwin-Williams are really dependent upon a commitment of a certain number of 
rooms mm-hmm. monthly. Is, is this something, uh, not that Sherwin-Williams is going anywhere, but they mm-hmm. could change who they want sure. to work with, et cetera, that you know, is viable and can thrive yep. without that kind of commitment? or. So we've, we've surveyed, and actually Mackenzie and Monica helped work on this together. We've surveyed the business community, um, ourselves included, and, and so we have all given sort of current projections of what those room nights were, where they went, um, and, and would this sort of fit in lieu of those other users? And the answer is, 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 a, is a resounding yes. A lot, of, a lot of users are sending people like downtown um, who don't want to, but the quality of, of certain hotels in the, in the immediate uh, area aren't there and this isn't um, this isn't uh, this isn't the four seasons or the Ritz I can say that um, and so we're not pricing out the market we are trying to find the highest best we call it limited service which means it's 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 just that but it is the highest quality of those so again we're trying to find um, that that balance here but it's definitely uh, we're very confident that we have the right user here and that we have the business community to support it okay and then I apologize if I miss this but I don't think we've talked about building B. It's obviously we're going to share this lot. Have you already factored that in? Maybe Josh can answer that. Or? Yeah, so there's 122 spots behind the building right now. Um, if we go by the shared parking, it's actually close to an 88 in total usage number that would be required. So if there's 10,000 square foot of retail on a 200 factor, that's, that's roughly the 50 additional cost. So that would be building B, you're interested Correct, in correct. So at 10,000, roughly 50 more, that's a roughly 130 spots if you said everyone from the, from the hotel would park in that center shared area. Um, also, hours of usage for that parking lot, typically hotel more towards that evening procession, more in the morning for the retail. So there is some give and take for, the, uh, uh, for that shared parking analysis. And then just maybe we discussed this before. Why do you find it necessary to d- divorce the, the parking from the parcel with the building? Because it is sh- it is shared. So in the way that we set up the um, the common easement agreements and and how snow is taken care of and everything else, since that B exists and needs to share those facilities, it would be a an arbitrary line that we would draw for that. So we felt that it was the the cleanest and how to develop the agreements for a shared area by having that limited. And, and particularly for this building, because this is an, uh, another one of those buildings similar to I, even though that wasn't the original plan for I, that'll be a separate ownership. So it again, it'll be a separate ownership that's contributing to the master uh, development. Um, so this will, this, this particularly needs to be separate. And for that reason, we believe. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I've got a question. Um, Josh, this is probably more for you. If we are, if you guys are going to split the lots and not include the outdoor patio, does that affect the liquor license and people being able to go outside with cocktails or things like that from the bar? Because I'm assuming, like, if there's an event, there might be cocktail hour at the patio. So I don't know if you looked into that at all. So just specifically to the building, as long as you establish that stop point, Okay. and they have common usage of, they are allowed to use that space and their liquor license can extend into it. Even though they don't own it? Correct. Okay. But it still has to be a, a fenced and delineated area. It cannot be open okay. on a one-off basis. Thank I, have you. A, 
follow-up question to that. Will you be operating this or will you be hiring an operating company? We'll be hiring an operating company. So they will be maintain, you'll be hiring somebody to maintain something that crosses multiple property lines? In that just, patio instance, yes. I'm just, I, it's consultation, so I'm just sure. wondering if, yeah. do you trace that property line around to include the patio? It's a, it's a good thought. We'll, we'll do some homework on the technicality for the, for, for the next time we get in front of you, and maybe if there's a, another way to do it so that we're, you know. But our, our understanding, at least for tonight, to answer your question, is that so long as safety is, is handled, that that's allowed, it's a common practice. Whether that was grandfathered in in some of those instances because it became a hotel or something, we'll, we'll try to get some more examples of how it's done, maybe give you some specific references. Um, but everything that we know is that that's allowed. Now, to, to, to Josh's point, so long as that area isn't available to multiple users, that's the caveat. So a one-off basis can extend into an area, can be established. And this user is going to have something like ongoing cam charges. So they're going to contribute to the pool of maintenance That'll include areas that are common areas. So it, it, there's an ongoing relationship there. Good question. Mr. Chairman, if I may. You may. Obviously, six stories is, is, is very big for the city of Brexville. Um, obviously, the hotel itself, the company you're dealing with, is requiring a certain amount of room. What, what are their parameters for how many rooms that they, for them to come into town that they need? What you see here is what, what they're currently requiring. Okay, so it's actually the hotel that is setting the number of rooms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously such, yep. how many floors you need. Yeah, and, and we started- 120 to 150 or something. Correct, like we started with a range and as we've gotten further along in the process, we've landed at this and this is what has there's a there's a whole process for approval and this is what is being taken through their approval and has passed certain stages of approval. I just it's just yeah. really one of those that like I, I think people need to understand that. Sure. This isn't you picking six stories. This is the hotel that you're trying to bring in an yeah. upper upper scale hotel mm -hmm. to to yeah. actually meet this need. Right. It has to be six stories because and one just general caveat that I'll make because I we, we obviously are very aware that that is a sensitive subject and then we'll continue to talk through together. Um, the underlying zoning for the property office lab allows up to 80 feet without variance that is the that is the underlying like now we've switched that here for the purposes of all these mixed uses okay and this is the layman's version um, so we've reduced that and knowingly so um, but no building here will cross that threshold so all our buildings that we are proposing are below that 80 foot threshold which was once allowed and always allowed on that VA property I think what the architect did here was a good thing in terms of number one, the hotel set back. And, and the upper floor number is one, set back. The, number, the upper floor is set back and it's yeah. all glass basically. It's much more transparent with ins and outs. So I think that breaks it up quite a bit and I think the perception will be more of a five-story building than a six-story building. So I think, they, I think they did an excellent job on the design. Here I said it again. <laughs> We'll take note and relay it. <laughs> That's twice. Mr. Chairman? Yes. Um, from a competition standpoint, this type of concept, whether you go south or east or north, I mean, how far would you have to go to bump into something that you would say is in direct competition? Um, 
all hotels to a degree will compete for some amount of nights um, but in terms of direct competitor you're, you're looking at 25 30 minutes in any direction okay. um, and so we do not believe that this is a competitive source with anything that is in the independence quadrant or even in the Fairlawn quadrant um, so you'd have to go to downtown Cleveland you'd have to go to the east side you'd have to go to the west side of town to have a direct competitor you know in with the only expertise in the hospitality industry being as a customer, um, earlier it was mentioned the, the meeting rooms, thinking of a business hotel, mm -hmm. two small meeting rooms ex expected to see more. Yeah. That, that's, that's a, yeah. a marketing thing. Yeah, so I was curious about the, um, the space. It's, it's labeled as bar area. Mm -hmm there's no place for breakfast so unless it's that's it's here that just another name yes that's well the, where they serve breakfast and the way that they do it they actually like kind of open up um, the breakfast bar that's a little bit hidden and then after breakfast close it down so that it can function as a bar and, and shared seating area and and that space itself can serve as event space right so if you if you it can be reserved and it can okay. serve a specific event and what we've seen a lot of trending lately for the, the, let's call it the 10 to 20 person business meeting has gone on to the restaurant hospitality side. So that what you'll see when we come in with, with actual tenants is you'll see each of those tenants will have private dining. And in that private dining area, that's where oftentimes a lot of this business occurs. It's done around the lunch or whatever day. And those, those rooms are reserved for a day at a time. And then the, that's where a lot of it. So that's the trend. I think the hotel here is recognizing that. Um, we've even had specific conversations with Sherwin. Our, our spaces alone, because we'll be one of the office tenants here, is that we have a lot of options that don't necessarily generate the usage of, a, a, let's call it a business hall or something with more rooms like this. And, and Monica and I did survey um, some of the larger users in the area to just understand hotel nights, and we did um, ask about meeting space, and it didn't seem to be in, in large demand. By comparison, yeah. Um, I do have one other th um, thing to mention. This is minor this is consultation. Um, Mr. Decker, you mentioned that the Porta Cashier, because of footings, was included in the property plan. line. Okay, it's so, not on there. So you want to just update that? Yeah, before, that's yeah, right. I, I noted okay. that as well. No. I have just I have one more item. Can we go back to where uh, you have the overview of the the property? Is there? Is there definitely something going in at B? Is there the yes. B building? Is there definitely something you have in mind for that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's specific users and specific concepts. Um, here's um, again, without having to give away, we we are currently weighing in a three options. Um, one is a single user who's taking that entire building. Uh, another option is a sh a shared building where there'd be maybe three users. Um, and then there's a, a recent option that's sort of we're coalescing around, which, which is two smaller users but separate buildings. Um, actually, it would be less space than what's shown on B, but it would be separated, so there'd be two smaller buildings. Um, but we have very specific users. We won't have um, issues um, with, with getting a user. That'll, that's, the, that's the prime spot that a lot of people really want. We're, we're, we're sort of trying to get the right user, if I could leave it at that. I would ask a question regarding the parking that you mentioned between B and the, and the hotel and the non-simultaneous use. Um, I mean, hotels, I know a lot of times people are showing up evening, 
to check in. Um, most retails open into the evening. Uh, I think you had mentioned something about morning use, and we don't need to solve that today, but I think you want to define that a little further when we come back in. Yeah, I Not that you don't that. have it elsewhere, mm -hmm. so I'm not questioning that. I, but I think a useful tool is that the graphs. So we've updated some of the software used for that analysis, okay. and as you start to look through that analysis, I thought it was helpful. Um, it shows actually usage at peak times by hour and where they are and how, how it's all calculated. I actually thought this, there's a couple helpful graphs that are new from what we've presented in the past. Okay. Just to, to help you. that as an overall conversation. Um, do you have any other questions regarding the hotel or from the commission? Any other so, thoughts that would want it, to be would offered? Would it be, and, and I'll ask this again, and you know, um, I, I, we're trying to keep this simple from our end, but we don't want to preclude other, other parties from answering questions. Um, when we come back for further consultation or preliminary approval, or and between that time and final approval, do, we, do you want other parties to come um, to be part of this process so that you can hear directly from a design team? Do you want th those types of things um, and maybe it's a, maybe it's yes for one building and no for another. Do you want the Crawford Hoeing folks to come here and, and answer questions? Those types of things is feedback we'd like to hear. Um, I'd like to think that we solve all your problems, um, but it, we understand that maybe you want to hear from different parties if you have more specific questions. So the question would be, for example, do we want the architect to come in? Right. Um, you might want to wait till we're done before we answer that question. Or are we can answer building by, by building, yeah. each building. Yeah, building. yeah. again, you could enough. just give us that general guidance. We'll work, that, that's an open-ended question. It's right. just something to throw out because we want to make sure we're given the opportunity to work with you and make progress. Um, if I were to look at building C alone in a vacuum, I think it's okay. I, I think as we get through all the way, th all, through all of them, yeah. uh, there's some things we'll discuss as we go about um, how they all relate to each other and and then that may answer itself great what's um, the principal at myers and associates do you know josh myers himself but actually we did merle myers because he's that does okay. not know because he was the original you know, founder that must be his son or something and then the principal for it is sean um sean connors is their their principal for this and the, this is the only one that they're working on currently. Just for, for clarification so I can understand we come back. A couple of things. We, we, we've talked about this, the six stories in an overall feeling. What, what, is, what is the feedback directly on that? Because it is, it's an important conversation. What are we, what are we on which overall on what? On, on stories, on total height. Oh. So your question is, do we have any objections to the height of the hotel? Yes. Take a star vote. I think for the hotel itself, because of the requirements that the hotel has and how the sixth story is laid out, I'm okay with it. But that's the hotel itself. Understood. That's fair. Same here. Same here. Yes. Thank you. That's helpful. Thank you. Should we move on to? Is it appropriate to evaluate DNF together? It is. Yeah. Okay. It's basically the same. 
and these are by M and A. Correct. As well as E. So D, E, and F are M and A. Say that again. I'm sorry. M A. D, E, and F. But E and F are same mirror image, whatever you want to call it. Who are they? M and A did. They're out of E and F. They're out of Columbus, aren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they're out of Columbus. They were for, formerly Meacham and Apple. Okay, so D, D and F are pretty much this. This not the yeah. same, but they're called sisters. Sister buildings, yeah. So you can see. Their building footprints are very similar. Um, they're kind of mirrors of one another. So I think um, for, for DNF, um, I think the best place to start the conversation is the conditional use. Um, so as I mentioned with the motor services, when, when we passed this several years ago, um, the, the residential was um, one of the multiple conditional uses that we put on, um, that, well, that we recommended and the electorate put to these properties. Um, I guess that being said, um, Start with, how many units are in the canvas building? 168. 168. 157 in the uh, multifamily and then 11 in that forward unit. Okay. So then we have 68 in F, 68 in D, and then 119 in E. Um, so as a conditional use, the idea being to justify uh, why we need this? 255. To what? 255. It's and 255. Thank you. Okay. So I guess I would open that conversation up to yourselves. Okay. Um, so we always knew there would be some amount of, of residential. Um, we have whatever number we have that you're proposing. Um, sell us on why we need this this number of units. Because that goes along with the conditional use. Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I talked a little bit um, in my upfront comments just on really wanting to get that right mix of uses to create, um, you know, something that was really vibrant and where all of the components could succeed. So uh, when we talk to our retail and office brokers again and again, they talk about the importance of having residents in, in this mixed-use district to have more apartments, actually, than what we're proposing. Um, uh, we're in an amazing space where we can take advantage of the parkland, but the reality of our location is that, um, you know, like 40% of the land within our zip code is actually park space. So when retailers are drawing radius rings and looking at population, our population is great to support, the, the demographics are great to support, I think, the best-in-class retail and restaurants that Kevin was talking about, but the um, rooftops, um, 
aren't what they're used to. And so if we're able to show that we're actually bringing those rooftops into the district, it gets them more comfortable. So that will be the same with the, I think the restaurants that we're going after and uh, the grocer for um, building A. So we are going out to market now, but that will be very important to them as well. Um, there also is the, the from looking at it from the office perspective, yeah. the office users and business, the second um, the second question besides where and what does it look like that we get from the office prospects is, well, where are my employees going to come from? Um, and so they're all running math and, and, and doing drive times, and that's a very good geography. Um, but they want to have a place for people who want to be in this demographic and this type of density and this type of location. Um, what we've also seen at Canvas is a lot of people who are, I, I'll, I'll be kind and say graduating, their housing and and they're trying to scale down and they're trying to open up um, uh, their existing home for a family that might be younger or a family that has kids and they want to get into something that doesn't have the requirement that uh, of maintenance or whatever and and surprisingly enough as we saw early on at a Pinecrest or early on in other mixed use in the region is that they are they are not wanting to own and so this gives them that product this helps churn other product in the area and vicinities from from a similar demographic and and it back to the to the, the you know we're trying to find the right balance but this makes the retail healthier the office healthier and the hospitality healthier um which is what we're really going for yeah i will say that when we went met with the flag so i know we can't, we can't talk openly about who this is but um they were very concerned about you know number of um multi-family housing units they wanted you know kind of critical density that was important to them and it was something that we hadn't thought of um prior to meeting with them um, and I do think that, uh, you know, Kevin is very right that this gives a product that doesn't, ex it's not robustly existing within Brexville now, and it will be an opportunity to retain long-term tenants, I think. Yeah, and, and, and for example, when we, when in the very early conversations with Sherwin, this was, this wasn't a, um, a request. This was a demand. They needed to see housing stock for potential employees that were going to be part of this long-term commitment in this phase and in later phases. So, you know, we, we, we knew we were right from a conceptual standpoint. So far, we've, we've only been showing strong signs of it from the specific users that are now here and committed, including ourselves. We have several employees who are, who are going to be in Canvas, and we expect that we'll have several employees that will be here. So long, long version of, um, and if it would help, um, we could submit optionally some of the studies, some of the some of the surveys, some of the ancillary benefits and data that supports it in more detail. That just maybe not be a little snoozy to go through tonight, but I do think it's important, and we're not unaware that that the usage here is something that is, is sensitive, and and we need to be right about. I think that information would be helpful um, as we're evaluating this as a conditional use. So right. That all goes towards um, supporting the the application. And I guess I'm going to jump this right into because they kind of all tie together. Yep, so absolutely. Residential, um, that, and then you have, of course, your quantities that you're trying to figure out. And for us, that, that ties into the height of the building. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we had talked at about early on was when Building I was being proposed in that height. Um, and we said, that's fine. We'll go with that height, that proximity to the road. But as this makes its way all the way down Miller and creates the streetscape, sure. um, having them all at that height is a concern. And we all, well, not all of us, but several of us had mentioned for the hotel, um, six stories, 
I, for myself, I don't object to the six stories, but we have five at I, six here. Um, I am concerned on that Miller Road streetscape of that that mass that 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 we'll say wall that we're sure. almost a, almost an urban wall that we, that we're creating down that road. So it, it, it kind of all ties together. Um, in, in that, and I guess I would say at that point, there's the conditional use, which is residential. How many is the right number and the height along Miller Road? Okay. Um, and, and that being said, I guess I would ask or, or open for the commission if anybody else shares that concern or has other feedback um, on that. They, they, they kind of all tie together the residential the the number of units and the heights of those buildings chairman if i may you may mr secchi um, yes i have real concerns about the five stories um we you know we made sure that the, we, the five story and like and that's why i asked that question about the you know the hotel i think the hotel is high but if it has to be that height i understand that um as, as you do the math and it's 119 you know 119 additional apartments and I know for sure as we, if we go back through this I, I was not for any additional apartments you know none I would rather these be condos if you wanted to sell condos because as you talk about people leaving and, and moving into areas as they, as they downsize they all want a condo they want a condo that they can own they, they're afraid of being in apartments so if, if these were condo setups, I'd be more willing. Um, but I really think they should, if, if whatever they are, they need to be two or three stories. As we look at Pinecrest uh, that I've been over many times, you know, you, that's how, that's the height of that, you know, at Pinecrest. You have one building that's higher than that, and the rest are two to three stories. So I just, I, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about, pardon, I'm concerned about the additional, if, if we have 255 plus 119, I, we end up with, and you know, we have two or three people. We have, we're, we have about a thousand people just in the apartments. If if we do with what's this, and that that's a lot of additional people that we're that we're putting into Brexit, the school system. So I'm I'm just five story looks too much for me on all these. I think that I think the light, it looks beautiful. I mean I mean honest to goodness, the, you know the way you guys were concerned about the layout and how they looked I I just can't I, I can't wrap my head around five story yeah. yeah yes I was uh, asked a question of Kevin by a, a resident the other day uh, what the total number is going to be and I, I know now it's 423 is the number that you have between canvas and this proposal um, in your study and your in your demographics of the kind of people that you believe you're going to be uh, leasing to, how many children do you would you think would be coming into these kind of units? It just strikes me that that should not be an issue. Uh, anyone looking at a drag on our school system, I don't think it's that kind of you know young family going in right. to these and raising yeah, too children. small. Yeah, way too Junior, small. Junior. Yeah. The juniors are 660 square feet. Is that what I see on the juniors? Yeah. Um, so yeah. could, you, could you tell me, did you do a study 
or look at that yes. issue as to the demographics? Yeah, the, who the, the people are that you think will be leasing to? So the, 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 the quick answer is you're correct. It, it'll have little to no effect on the schools because we will not be having. There's always exceptions, um, and, and we will include that in that packet of information because that's a fair question, and it gets asked often of, of what the studies show in terms of the usage. Um, conversationally, what I can tell you in the past uh, of what we've done, it's been one student here or there, and it's usually a temporary situation, like somebody who just moved into the city and hasn't bought housing stock yet. So, um, no, we do not expect to have an impact uh, on the schools at all uh, and, and, and if we do it'll be minimally in terms of adding any students I, don't, I just don't want to ever say never yeah. um, we'll include that data to show you what we project and what we show and we'll give you specific examples of other similar products and and what their actual data shows because again we're, we're prognosticating and a question again is why, why can't they be condoms what is the what is the whole back you're the the, the, the short answer um, the short answer is that they, it's possible that they could. So I don't want to say it's impossible. Um, what our studies have shown is that it's not, at least in this initial phase, going to be something that's going to be in demand. There's going to be people that are too afraid of it. Um, I can tell you um, proverbially, for example, that um, the products that, are, 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 um, that were under construction at Canvas that the, the things that are similar in the market, those sell the quickest. And so, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing great on the lofts and everything and projecting well, and we're, we're still doing it in terms of pre-selling well on the townhomes, but those are something new. And before you have that first shiny unit, and we're almost there to have people look and see and touch, it struggles to get off the gate. We think this condos would struggle even more. Um, we don't, from a market standpoint, we don't believe that this is a condo market yet. It could be one day, but we're not, we're not forecasting that. Don't you think that, and, and again, you, I'm sure know better than I, but most people, if they live in a condominium, almost all of them, you have associated fees. Right. And people don't like those associated fees where in an apartment, you, know, you have the rent and, and you're done. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and the, the, the condo part, um, again, we're trying to create life cycles here as part of a mixed use. And so... We want people to be able to come here and spend five good years here and then decide that they want to own something. Um, what happens in the condo situation directly in line with the heart of the mixed uses, they're long-term committed. And it's just a little bit different, and it makes it that much harder to sort of swallow some of the things you're talking about, Mayor, which is association fees, some of the changes, some of the noise. Um, Publishing. Right, right. And, and so it's just a little bit more active, and so it's, it's a little scarier for a long-term commitment like a condo owner. Again, I do think it could. It's just, it's just not now. And, and you know, we've from looking at financing to all these things, it would be something really hard to execute. We just we want to be honest about it. What exactly is a 470 square foot apartment? Studio. It's a bed and a Studio. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's one layout that is uh, right near this the like some building core elements and so that's kind of I think dictating the size uh, so there's I think one stack of those in the building um, but you know I think what I've seen in this market is that people want either a really efficient unit um, that, that they can get in at a price point they can afford or are really looking for a very large unit, um, maybe an empty nester who wants to stay in the community. And so this building allows for kind of those two price points um, yeah. and those two uses. So I do think that there is going to be strong demand 
for that particular unit. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're supporting, you know, workers at Sherwin or at our yeah. own company. Yeah, and it, it'll, it'll, give an, it'll give an entry level uh, a person out of college the opportunity to still live where they want to live and not have to pay for the same size as the 1,200 square foot unit. Excuse me, I don't have some place to go. Mr. Um, our ordinances do list 750 as the smallest unit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the other units, yeah, they're like 720. Or yeah. 750. Yeah, it's a few square feet. Sure. 469 square feet. I think we might want to rethink that one. Um, Hear your feedback. Check this one. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch in the six. Or, or we'll, let me clarify. Rethink or provide layout and, and yes. justify yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Understood. I just I I would have to say I'm quite skeptical of a 470 foot so unit. so um, um, I was you four or five years ago as we we started running those calcs I even even think 800 sounds small right because um, I'm I, I'm lived in a house my whole life it's it never ceases to amaze me though how quickly those units fill up and I think it's for the for the economics reasons and it's usually the stage of life reasons but but we are uber confident that those small there will not be those small units that will not be on the at least and and so you know with that said, though, we hear you, and we're going to either justify it or, uh, or, or or change it. So that being said, we've kind of gone off a little bit. We were talking about the residential as a conditional use and the height of the buildings, and we'll say the quantity mm -hmm. of units. Is um, it, anybody else have have thoughts? Yeah, yeah as far as yeah, go ahead. Ron. No, go ahead. I'm going to con continue to have some skepticism over just the mass that we're talking about. If, if I did the math right, I mean, between Canvas and this, there's close to 500 units. Now, granted, some will be one person, some will be two, some will be more than two. Um, you know, and the, the impact on the school district from a population standpoint may be modest. But there's also in the background the demographic from a school standpoint that owners look at a school district differently than renters and support a school district very differently than renters. And we've got a heck of a school system here, as you all know, Kevin, and that's a concern. They vote differently. Just statistically, it's different. And so it's going to be, still be of concern. Um, the, the size of the buildings themselves. I mean, the, this is this is now a Sherwin two offices. And this is a residential community, is what it's turned into. It is. I mean, between Canvas and this, this is a residential com development. And I'm not sure if that's what was originally intended or not. And I know that in this day and age. There's only one thing you guys can finance today, and that's residential. Nobody's going to finance an office. You know, we're not going to support big box. And I don't know if it's the right time for this. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not, but I certainly don't know. We've, we've been patient as a city in, in doing this for a long period of time to make sure it's done for the long-term benefit of the city and I, I just want to make sure we keep that in the front thanks thank you 
Mr. Pato? Uh, yeah, I won't. I was, wasn't, I've never been very good at math, so I'm not going to comment on the numbers. But I understand the concern in terms of just, you know, the pure volume of it. But as far as the mass in the buildings, you know, when I first looked at this thing, I knew, as soon as I saw five stories, I knew this was going to be number one topic probably amongst the commission. So I thought, you know, I put myself over there for a minute and thought, well, I got to get this many units and this and that to make it work financially. What could you do? And I thought, well, if you recall on the I building, on the office building, that was a five-story building. We all realized that and you, you know, in the architecture, we broke it up with these kind of, I'll refer to them as blocks separated by glass enclosures or whatever to kind of minimize the impact. We also took the fifth story, fifth floor, and made it a different material and made it curtain wall, which tended to, in some instances, it was even set back and so forth. So that tends to lessen the mass. So I thought, well, if I came to your support, if I was standing over there, maybe you got to consider we're going to promote five stories and try to sell a commission on that. Why wouldn't you? Maybe the Far as taking a story, and I've got, I actually did a sketch, and you know, I can't talk without a sketch, so I actually did something here. Uh, you know, to try to lower that, the quantity or the numbers of rooms. This being successful, areas and again, these three boxes, areas between them, you know, consider making those possibly glass as well. consultation right so that's why I'm throwing this out final approval on the thing so you know when I at it those are some things that you know I would take a look at the other thing the third thing on these things there's three was referred to them as the boxes for lack of a better way to But the these boxes that you create, possibly look at, if you look at your office building, it's very well done in terms of these boxes are very simple. They've got a vertical Repeat here in some form or fashion, but possibly just simplify the boxes a little bit. Uh, and I think we're going to jump forward at some time here to what is it, is it H or whatever, building H, yeah. uh, which I'll 
now. Yet it's got the same concept in terms of box, glass at the top, lower it, reduce the scale, separated by glass, which again relates to office building. What I'm looking for here, and I don't know if I'm and that's a challenge because now you have three architects on the job, which is which is fine. That's your your choice, but put three people in a room, you're going to get four opinions. We all know that. So, you know, how that's accomplished is something between you guys and us on how that, how we pull that off. But I think to set up one community or one development when it's done, not the same buildings, a disaster. It'd be the VA yeah. hospital all over again or whatever. Yeah. So we don't want we went I think it's I don't know if glass on the top floor set back the the pain or whatever to reduce it similar to kind of what's done at the hotel I don't know if that's going to convince anybody that five stories is is acceptable but it's I think it's a it's a thing that you know might be acceptable if, if it's done right right now it's just like you know a big wall almost boxes I refer to it as almost decoration you know but because I don't want to insult the architect on the thing, but it almost looks like he should have put his pencil down ten minutes sooner. You know, yeah, and, just and I, I think that's very fair. And I know to um, your point, we were really focused on breaking up the like kind of linear Miller and I'm um, trying to take in. Changing up materiality and potentially it went too far. So I'm glad that and about how do we um, make some architectural moves to address the height issue. So that isn't something that you know we were as focused on. It was more on. Kind of mass going here, mass going down. Um, I appreciate the comments. Yeah, and I think those are items we can we can work something on. to look at. It's early enough now. Hopefully, you'll consider at least some of these at this point. Although you know you've got these fancy renderings and everything. I guess that's. Whatever. So to the interior, you're saying a larger move, 
not so many individual blocks. More of a mass, right? A lot of I'm, not... I'm sorry to decide the interior side to the interior. same thing I mean or is yeah. it all right well I got copies Kill a tree to make copies for everybody. <laughs> you know, duh. the the massing that you're describing and breaking it off. I, I, if you were to maybe this explains. My wife's the only one that understands. Um, I think when they start it's adding minerals to it, they okay. they. Do you do you do something with this? There's, do you put like you did on it's, the office it's not, building? There's no, Does this become something? More? The other Simplified. building within the building itself. Sure. And so you have these different vertical elements, which, which, like I said, in the massing, are are in themselves. They're okay, but then you've got. the white frame and then the gray inside of it and then it has the wood piece and the other and then the wood pieces and then you have another that's all white it, it I don't know if there's a base you know the in yeah. They are all one material, and then you have the pieces that pop off of it. It's just there, there's too many different things. Yeah, that's very fair. And I think uh, the, the Coco Chanel, they, I think they said when you're ready to go out, take off one accessory. Like you've probably overdone it, and that could have been, you know, maybe we, we need to take that one that accessory in the off. Future? Yes, you may. <laughs> No, not the actual. <laughs> just to say. We, we we also have some some elements that we frankly internally have been considering adding. So there's there's a lot of opportunity I think there um, to work with you and 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 having you know learned from the previous submissions, we we wanted to introduce intentionally some of this in its raw state so that we can make those changes and hear that feedback and not try to get too too much cart before the horse. When you come back, think of what that unifying element is. Yeah. Challenge all the architects to that. We, we we had a it was one of our kickoff meetings when we brought all the principals together and said we have to find a way to to make this. Work yeah, you together. can see that yeah. the, the attempt's been made. I mean, it's yeah. not yeah. a total. Can I make trash a request or, when you come back in? Sure. To have that Miller Road streetscape, the entire elevation, okay. building I, D yep. F, the hotel, so we can see all of them. Yep. In in, in that scape, so heights, massings. And, and that being said, I'm agreeing with Mr. Pato, they don't all want to look the same. Yeah. We're not asking for that, but looking at it from the, the massing of the streetscape and, and the heights and so on and so forth. Sure. <clears throat> uh, may I ask a question, Ron? Yeah. What does the, you have the zeros? Below? Oh, that's just the column lines. Column lines. In terms of, yeah, and what I was looking at. Okay, no, I, I understand. What that. was in one of them, 
Is it this or the garage? I think, garage. It's, I think it's the garage. We'll get to that or whatever. That, that I, I just did that for my own. Gotcha. Whatever. That's the structural grid. What building are we on now? Well, we're on DNF. We're still on DNF, yeah, unless we... DNF. Done, but. Um, we might so as well throw Ian's in that first-class banner that, that we all want to see maintained in Brexville um, and to see what those are. Uh, there's, I don't want to name anything, development, downtown, and I, I think it all goes towards the... Um, supporting the conditional use seeing that seeing that we're getting high-end I know it's kind of a subjective term but yeah no that's we fair. can share proposed layouts we can share um, I think maybe like uh, finishes uh, maybe that won't be what we end up with but what we're thinking through in terms of finishes mm -hmm. I think would be helpful and the other thing we can do is kind of show other suburban products that have these similar more efficient layouts that have been very successful I think we can pull some of those as well okay can we also get like the market studies to show the sing like the one bedrooms that there's that much of a demand for it because you've got a lot of one bedrooms and any pre-leasing that you've got for canvas that would be helpful too um, sure. so any of that that you may have yeah con conversation i can tell you we're head of head of market study good um on canvas and and so yeah we it, it's um it's convenient timing by the time you know a project like this gets approved and starts coming out of the ground which we maybe should talk about that because i think schedule would be an important part um, we would expect our office building i and i get pounded on this every day that we will be in there december of 2024 um, we would expect the rest of this phase minus the hotel because i do think just just from all the, the approval levels that's going to lag six months we would expect that this to come online um, about halfway through of 2025 so you're gonna be in your office building you said december 2024 december 24 or or i might be looking for a safe shelter uh, and uh, foresee any of that right now um but we will have time to make adjustments as necessary and and um and and, and including operations and things like that and, and we will um but i know there have been a lot of comments around how many people are living in these units. Target market. For these buildings. And then the next group is empty nesters. So we we don't think that we're going to have, you know, more than two people living in a unit and uh, the vast majority should have one. I mean, anything that you get from Sherwin-Williams as to, like, how many units are they planning? I don't, yeah. I don't know if they've talked to you guys about we're guaranteeing that we've got this much. Yeah, yeah no, it, they won't, we won't get to that level of agreement. That's, um, but I, I can, again, I can, I can assure you, and, and we have some thoughts about how we can maybe express some of their um, support for what they've, we've worked with directly with them on this. Um, so that, that's sort of where in the works working on that. Okay, if you're doing renditions, is it possible to get... Um, the residential ones at three stories, so we could see what it looks like at, at a three-story. One one retail, two residential. Yeah, just so to when see you what say that, three but story. that's because I mean, obviously they're they're talking about 
the the density of people, but we're also talking about the what what the streetscape looks like. So we have two. Yeah. Two well, those, that's the two biggest. Yeah. Well, that and sure. some of the sure. decoration stuff I talked about, but I mean, let us let us density, work it's height. Yeah. That's what everybody's concerned. Right. If you let us work through some of that feedback, I um, and and we will we will make a very strong effort to hear what you said tonight and do what we think we can do to still have a successful development and address these. Concerns. I think I think some of that to, for us to make an intelligent decision on this is what Eric said in terms of looking at it in total, whether it's an elevation or, right, or a rendering right. of the whole scape. In yes. other words, you got the five-story office building, you got the six-story hotel, and then you got the stuff Great in change and everything, and yeah. Does it go right. down, does it go across, does it yeah. go whatever? I mean, that's, that'll be helpful. It's um, a fair request. Building E on the north facade, you're showing apartment buildings at ground level. Mm -hmm. You don't have residential anywhere else at ground level. Um, we don't know what's going across the street from it yet. If you end up having a street that's all residential on both sides, it kind of makes this residential streetscape. We have these six units, no idea what's going on the other side, parking garage to the east, hotel to the west. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. So I think, I think, um, there's a, a, a bunch of dynamics happening there. So a couple, a couple of our considerations and we'll continue to sort of do a better job explaining it. Though we don't show it on the plans, there has to be a temporary use for the, 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 the property across the street from it currently. And, and you know, our thought currently is to make it a temporary park of some sort so that there's something that's balancing across the street from that. We did also want to soften um, the entryway to what the garage will be in the next block so we, it was a way to achieve that. We, we do like the idea of these residential units that feel more like townhomes. So that's maybe what we're trying to achieve. And again, it sort of softened the whole commercial district. Um, and that was really our primary intent. Um, if, if, if we didn't accomplish that here in this phase, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to hear the feedback. But that's, that's really where we're at there. We, we don't think it's also an ideal retail spot and so it's just one of those things that we think it would be do very successful to have someone who wants all the parameters of multifamily but would have like to have a walk-up unit be able to go out to the parks the walking paths if you notice we have a lot of walking paths and a lot of bike paths and connectivity to the other parts of the development and to the metro parks and such so we want to we want to soften that streetscape one way or another in, in that this phase and future phases Okay. Would they only get into their units from the streetscape, or could they go from the lobby? Right now, the way it's designed, it's um, a private entry from the street, and I think it's a really unique product that um, you know I've seen highly demanded in other buildings that have had you know that that kind of private entry. You have people, you know, sometimes dog owners who don't want to have to walk through a building um, to just get right out and, and take their dog for a walk. Um, you know, maybe people who don't love elevators, um, which we have, I've we learned have, are a fair We have fair a couple specific people who you wouldn't believe live in, live in our multifamily buildings who do not take the elevator because they just have a, a phobia of it. So it's not a lot at six, as you said, but we're just trying to make the consideration that there's, there's a mix of different uses here. 
What about the three along the garage? Would those still be external or would they have internal? Again, just for a mistake. Yeah, they will have point. internal. Just in, oh, they yeah. will have internal? Yeah. So, yeah, correct. So if how, what are there parameters to keep them safe so people can't just like barge into their units? You know, the, again, everywhere else, I'm assuming you're going to have to fob to get upstairs. Yeah, um, I mean, we haven't worked through all of the access control, but I would assume we'll have, you know, strike panels on the outside of those buildings. Um, and I don't, That's what a, have you, do we have mortise locks? That corridor is a private corridor. You'd have okay. to fob in fob just in. like the rest of the residence. Okay. It's not open. Oh, yeah, Same sorry, I misunderstood. Where it's a fob in, and then, yes, to your point, where those units are overlooking courtyard, we're, we're anticipating almost a, a patio set up and blockade for right a step and a, and a step and a rail because we have to secure the the, the pool. And okay, awesome. And do you know, have somewhere, and it might be in this lobby area, um, like maintenance, so that they, you know, if, if there's potential for 200 plus units between these three buildings, like you you need you can't just use a vacant unit. So do you have a, a maintenance? Shopper, yes, area for them. so in the garage in G this underneath the first than... ramp, okay. Um, we'll actually that goes back and subgrade a little bit, so there's actually an entire space set in there for maintenance overall of the facility. Okay, but that's, I mean, again, like we're extra, Correct. extra yeah. pieces, parts yeah, for all of the buildings is going to be located as well yeah. as the maintenance staff. Okay, but that's a good question because sometimes that isn't thought through. Yeah. <laughs> I, I walk it a lot apartment buildings that don't have it that yeah. Yeah. Um, architecturally mm -hmm. on e i think similar at dnf i think take a look at um simplifying i see where you're doing the the verticals trying to break it up i i think it's almost the same comments from the massing standpoint i i, I think it seems what it seems appropriate um Again, there's an opportunity, you know, where you have the blocks, the boxes. What did we refer to them as blocks? The boxes, I forget. And, you know, if you do the concept of the glass, do you, does the glass separate these masses in the separate things rather than you have masonry or, I don't know if it's masonry or wood or whatever. Again, something to look at that can be done whatever program I don't know what program do you know what program they're using here this is Lumion yeah so, so the white like, is it's oh, like SketchUp ahead. exported yeah, to something so you can, they make can make the look changes nicer. quickly yeah, okay. yeah I, we appreciate that feedback and I, I think um, it's definitely something we can work There's with another one Josh uh, I, I will say that E I think is in a little bit say this nice DNF appear a little more scattered with the materials. Okay. He's a little closer. Yeah, a little more subdued. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think that, so I think in that case it's good. I, I think uh, a look at some simplification in all of them, but I think he, he's probably uh, closer. It is the overall concept of, of the masonry frame, so I know it's hard to tell in the renderings, but that white um, will have some detail. I like it too, so I, like I wanted it, to, yeah. okay. I like this better when it actually comes down and like touches the ground rather than DNF or AN, whatever the two other two are, kind of like stop and it's like almost like a shadow box or whatever. And yeah. it's like, I, I like this better to than continue it comes down. down, actually ties down. So I, it's just 
my opinion or whatever on it. And I like this in terms of the spandrels are lighter. So this looks kind of like, it's not as heavy looking. When you make the spandrels lighter on here versus the other ones, they're, it, it, it's heavier. I think it makes a difference. Okay. Particularly with the overall scale of these, which are large. I mean, they're large structures, let's be honest. I mean, so. All right. In, anyone have any other thoughts on D, E, and F? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Shria. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, you know, I share Mr. Jansen's and the councilman's concerns. Um, you probably anticipated that. Um, I will say this. You know, I, I was not comfortable and did not vote for the first apartment building because my expectation was we were going to have more apartments here. Uh, if we did not have that, already um, I would be more open to this but you know 423 or whatever the number of, of apartments here uh, now I think as Mr. Jansen indicated correctly makes this primarily a residential yeah, development along with what we have it at, at the northern part of the site and I must tell you that as a planning commission member, as a, as a citizen who was here in 2016 and in 2015, I supported the change uh, largely because of, of, of a primary appeal to me that this was going to uh, be an economic development that would generate tax revenues uh, through businesses, uh, office buildings. I saw this as largely an office development with some retail, some amenities that basically would uh, in some ways serve the larger community, the hotel was something we always talked about, but a grocery store, a gas station, maybe some limited retail that would serve you know, residents at the south end of town. So I just think this is, is so inconsistent with what we considered, and if I missed something along the way, I apologize. I, I do know that the economic circumstances have changed. Uh, I understand COVID. Um, creates a challenge and a hardship um, uh, but I, I that doesn't give me a reason to support this so I'm really struggling with it uh, let me just add this um, you know the DeGeronimo's did a wonderful job in demolishing buildings addressing all the cleanup clearing this site and you know we have tried to address this as a partnership what I understand and what I hope the public understands is you know, what we have here, especially with Sherwin-Williams, uh, because of the mayor's uh, good work, and, and I think the general public will probably never know really everything that happened behind the scenes. First of all, to acquire the VA property, I know personally other, many other things that this property could have become over the years, and they, it, it did not because of the mayor and because of our council leader and I'm talking about big box malls and things like that. But Sherwin-Williams is the grand slam. If, if the rest of this takes 10 years to develop, I'm, I'm speaking as a citizen now and as a planner, I'm okay with that. Now, I want the DeGeronimo's to succeed. I don't want them to be hurt in any way. So I'm, I'm just gonna say this in the, you know, when you get called to the principal's office and you see the mayor dragging me by the neck into the office later, you know what? If, if, if there's time frames, I know there's an agreement with the city. If, if it means amending those agreements, the terms and conditions, whatever it takes to make this 
uh, more feasible for the DiGeronimo companies, I'd be willing as a citizen and as a taxpayer to see council do that. I just um, am not comfortable with what this has become, and I understand it's because of the economic circumstances, but I, I'm, I'm still struggling with it. So that's my two cents. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You're welcome. I really appreciate the feedback, and it's good to understand, you know, where different planning commission members are coming from. And I do want to just impress that we think this is going to be a very vibrant commercial district, um, and that it isn't usual to build spec office not just in the Cleveland market post COVID, but in any market. So normally, what you have to do is find um, a tenant, and then you. You know, you have to like pre-lease the building and then build the building. So I do want everyone to understand that we are focused on leasing the like the remaining space of Building I that we aren't um, occupying, and then we obviously will have Building H coming online. But we are also out in the market um, looking for opportunities that could use the pad space on Building J if they don't fit into I or H. And you know, we do have the option on the land to the north. So if there was a large opportunity um, that doesn't really fit into the mixed use district and would and would require um, you know different land use, um, that is something that we're trying to understand so we could bring it to this commission and understand whether that's you know a use that, that you guys would want to entertain. So I don't want there to be a perception that um, you know office isn't gonna work. And I do think that by creating the kind of building blocks of this kind of core mixed-use district, we will be much more successful in attracting those large tenants that will allow us to then move forward on additional office buildings that will bring that kind of commercial success and tax base that the city's looking for. Kevin, I know you, you said you were going to do everything. Does that include building H? Are you going to do it as a spec or are you going to wait? Yeah, H will be. H is part of the spec program as this current phase. And, and, and I, I, I don't there's there's everyone here when we value your opinion and we might not agree with it but I, I and I, so I don't want to challenge something that we, we know we might might have some differences on and, and, and opinions um, but a couple things just to be clear we this this version of what you're seeing is not a reaction to the market at all I think if this was a great market you would see us having more buildings and developing the north and and that J building but even even um, the north is probably ambitious to do in one phase the only thing that has changed in reaction to the market is that J building in terms of uses, density, and all that. Um, this was not inflated with residential to make this work at all. Quite the opposite, actually. And I know that's hard to hear, but um, our, our marketing, our surveying, and everything would support much more residential here. And we know, I'm from Brexville, I know I, I have neighbors that agree with, that want zero, and I have neighbors that don't care, and I have neighbors that usually land somewhere in between. Um, so just appreciate the fact that this is there's not a reaction here to any sort of um, uh, condition in the market that inflated the what we're going for on the multifamily side and and other than leaning on what we said from day one um, trust me when I say this will not feel like a residential development even in phase one and especially not when we're completely filled out which will take five to ten years and is currently on track with what we sort of promised at the beginning. Um, and I don't want to bypass the Sherwin-Williams part because that is very much a part of this. And it was part of getting them here was this. Um, and, and that's sort of what we're working on, how we can um, keep our confidences in what, what was agreed upon with them. But this, 
Uh, if you if you were aware of what we shared, what was possible, and help luring them here, is very much in line with what we're presenting to you today. So, I didn't you know that doesn't change any of the comments here to make them any from fair to unfair or anything. They're all still fair, and we're going to continue to work with you and try to convince you and try to gain your support as best we can. We really appreciate that you that you've said what you've said, and we're going to work to the best of our ability to make it work. Thank you. D, E, and F. Any, any other comments? I think we're done with those. <laughs> G. Parking G garage. garage right? A parking garage is pretty straightforward. A parking garage is a parking garage. You have a number of spaces. Um, I don't know that there's from a planning perspective, I don't know there's a, a, a ton to evaluate other than jumping to the facade. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a couple items. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, give me a break. We, yeah. we do a lot of work with different parking garages. Um, and the biggest item that people miss is going around the corners. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to, you know, and, and you would think that if you're an architect or engineer, the easiest thing that you do is you look at a parking garage that works and you mimic the dimensions. And it just, this, and what happens though is then we want to shorten things and narrow things because we want to get a certain amount of cars in there. And, and that's, it's a failure. And it's, it's one of those that I, you know, I, I just hope that that's, you know, the convenience and making it work because it's more important than, than how many cars. Um, the second question I have is, did you think about doing a basement floor in the garage, underground? Um, we've thought about it. it. It has an exponential negative factor on two things. Uh, the cost per, for the actual spaces go way up, and then it takes the opportunity for some of the retail that we have on the inboard face of whatever main and main really off the table because we are we'd be putting a basement behind that and we're adding a structure that doesn't allow that to exist um, in the same way so we are actually have retail inbound of the garage if we were to put a basement below it that would f further complicate it and not be the, the, the basement like complicated it doesn't eliminate it though it, it wouldn't it, the, the heights required for retail will not fit two levels of a garage below and above it. It would, it, would, it would cause awkwardness between those and it wouldn't be able to be done the way we have it shown here at street level. Yeah, two lower bays, not three, would be, be cost yeah. prohibitive, I mean, it'd be. Yeah, I, I, but, but then now you're talking about the ramp, we have a central ramp, so we're, we're just getting into a, a situation that, you know, in terms of is, is, it, is it to accomplish more parking in the garage or to save on height, what's your, is the, um, I, again, it would be to take it down to four stories, and, and it, I guess it's two twofold. One, to either take it down to four stories, or two, add that additional so that you're not cramped on yeah. your your parking. So yeah. again, it goes back to making Three a good times, parking garage compared sure. to getting your spaces in there. Yeah, the our, our we are planning on servicing some of the back of retail through the garage I, I from the rear. Yeah, and so like your dumpsters are there. And that yeah. was one of our concerns before about yep. where that was going to be. Yep. So. so it would just make some of those things a lot more difficult or in some cases not a possible. 
Um, and we are four stories, just to be clear, I don't know if you meant from four to three stories, because we're not, we're not at a fifth story on the garage. We don't think of a fifth floor would be, would be viable for parking. Right, it's a fifth level, but yeah. yeah. Size of your parking space is in here, width. 10 by 20. Are they? Are they not? What are they? Uh, uh, total of 62. Nine by 18 is total of 62, typical base spacing designed by structural engineer and the concrete guys, not by the architect. For your very for your point, yes. If the architect had it, they would lay out differently. So they're they're nine foot wide. If you're doing 36 and 36 foot base, yeah. Uh, these I feel so. This is shown at 36s. We really think that 27 is going to be the more appropriate base spacing. It's something that we're studying right now. Some of the facade conversation I think is going to impact that conversation as well. Is there, um, is there a parking consultant as part of your team? Um, no, so we're working direct with contractors that do it in more of a design build capacity. Okay. Um, Don Lee's at Dorman, right? Say it again? Don Lee's. Um, they're one of, the one of the groups, but not the, not the one we're referencing directly. The, uh, the trash, uh, fill me in in terms of the concept do you have any other alternatives for the trash because it's it's unfortunate you got the doors entering right out by the retail and that but so the 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 challenge and i agree i would love to come up with a concept that puts that on the back but it, that location serves for a purpose of reasons one that is for buildings d e f D, E, F, and G for commercial only, not for residential. Residential is addressed on its own. So that's more of the first floor uh, commercial as well as the office in H. So it becomes very centralized for all of them to be able to access that common room for trash. Isn't that going to be awkward as far as access to that? So you're going to take all your trash and it is a front loaded drag it up front. It is a, a front loaded scenario, you're correct. Um, this has become the model in more and more centers. This is maybe a little atypical from what you've seen before, but something that uh, our partners actually are doing very successfully uh, in their new development in Columbus. Um, and the location of those to that side also is dictated by, if you were to put it in the, the other side of the garage, one, everyone to have access on it, two, it blocks all of the parking to that side. You lose a lane. There's nowhere to place that because of the depth required for compactors that would not shut off the garage we we had contemplated because we said well they could walk through the garage and they could walk to the back side and use the trash it's a little longer walk but it gets into the back side of the garage however accomplishing a way to get the the units in and out was not uh, we just did not find a solution for that Josh, you said this is for the commercial, so where's, yes. the, res where's the residential? Residential is in the building via trash chutes. Those are rolled out compactors and picked up yeah. directly by truck. Okay, so the, there's going to be compactors in each one of these? Correct, for residential. They're the, the two to three yard hoppers. Okay. Um, the same scenario that we're using in the current residential. Um. As you mentioned early on, there's only so much you can do with the parking garage. I will say I like the metal screening. 
I think that's uh, that's successful. Uh, and then you have the other pieces. One's white. One can't tell, looks like it might be brick. Yeah, um, which is nice. Is that is these precast? What, what what's going on? So the anticipation right now is a surface applied material using the columns that's there and applying something to the facade of it. We've talked about metal panel. We've talked about different materialities. Um, I don't know that we 100% have the solution, but it is not a, a precast garage. It's something that's okay. poured and not something we would apply to the face. And then as you mentioned that the column spacing may change, so this may revise? Correct. So what, what you will notice is we're anticipating putting a 42-inch crash walls and not doing the cable. So we're trying to utilize that crash wall and the elements and what we're doing. Sure. And then, yes, your, the, your vertical um, repetition could change. This is a bit of a mix. We, we were in process of talking between the 27 and the 36 base. Um, so there's still some movement in the windows. We also have a, a minimum that we have to keep for open air. Um, for the garage to be considered. Mm -hmm. um, so these windows and actually what you see there is a code minimum for that reason. So since you have a building on either side, you have to achieve that all north and south. Do it right. the two elevations. Um, I uh, just had made some suggestions just in the center here. There's some awkwardness on the brick one that has kind of like a cantilever. Looks like it's missing a column, but that could all change. According to what you're just saying, but there's another. That's what everybody has. It's just it like cantilevers over two thirds of a bay. And there's no columns, kind of awkward. Same concept, taking the blocks and separating them with something. In this, in this instance, not glass or curtain wall. It's the metal screening, which is nice. So, could be nice. But that's, and then the, then the rhythm, believe it or not, the rhythm is, we've all talked about rhythm way too much, but <laughs> as far as the office building, but it's, it's off there on the brick side, so, which could be. On the white. Or on the white, yeah. The brick looks like it works Six, out. Yeah, 3113 or 113 or whatever. Okay. Um, any other comments on the parking garage? Kim, just a curiosity through, through all this discussion, not only the parking garage, it's just too expensive to go below grade for, for any function. I mean, that's just a categorical reality. You, you just start adding elements that all compound on it's like, themselves. It's like yeah. three to four times the cost per yeah, car. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing to I mean, you go to a city and they have things below grade, but yeah. the cost of real estate is different there. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just just like Mr. Pato said. Which one are we on now? Well, if there's no other comments on G, that brings us to H. H is the office building on the other side of the parking garage. Um, So let's see, one, two, five stories. Um, 
actually I like H with with the exception of those wood wood things in the middle of the windows. Uh, the the massing of it is I, I like it. It's a nice looking building. Yeah. This, this is what I was referring to as kind of simpler. If you okay. look at this. Which thing in the middle of the window? H. It's the thing that ties the two buildings together. So we're going to find. Oh, oh, we're going to need to find a new one. No, the the what the where you have the two windows and it's just the little wood yeah. material. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that is similar to probably something that could be removed also from DNF. Um, yeah, we tried to that that wood is trying to find that common theme and. Is that what that is? That, yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. Also right. that. That's, right. that's fair enough. On the, I mean, the that's buildings, fair. while we're on this picture, we, there's been a lot of conversation on the capping of the buildings. So yeah, our office has, yeah, our office kind of has that cap. H has the cap. We've kind of had that conversation. Do Should D&E have that? And what we have, what you're, or excuse me, D and F. And what you see right now is kind of mm -hmm. non-committal either way to that. So we feel that's a, a another conversation topic. Yet, yet uh, when you look at I got to get all these letters straight. E, E has just a yeah cornice on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. picked out of a we brought it out out of a catalog or something. Right. Yeah. So we we admit that this is not resolved, and actually, it's something that we would love to get you know your feedback on um, whether it's tonight or at, at some point. Um, so you can see the option one that has kind of the cap just added, and then the original design that did not have the cap, but I think we need to do something. Uh, it would be just interesting to hear your feedback on it. I like the roof lines that look a little different. I mean, it ties into what you've got with the um, hotel even too. So, I mean, maybe that's the theme. And I might be an unpopular opinion. I don't really like this brick. This is kind of like 70s, 80s um, office building. What? On what brick? When the the brick, brick that on H. H. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the vibe that I'm getting from it. it, it I, I I could tell you that if in real life it has that like orangish glare that I I can't. It's sunset. That. Please, okay. you'll get me fired if you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we'll make sure that when we get the actual materiality, it's not orange. Orange yeah. is not an approved okay. color internally. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little hot. I mean, the rendering tools are are very it's nice hard, because yeah, but it's it's you hard know, to get. You the know, right it's color. very nice on this H. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this in before the evening's out. Uh, that curtain wall on the on H is I I think is very nice. This is. You know those old sketches that you mm -hmm. sent out on your office building on I? This was one of the schemes that was an option or a suggestion, I should say, on that entrance block, which I don't know where we stand on it. It's another meeting, I guess. But uh, Mr. Larmore, would you like us to study removing that wood, or would you like to see um, you know renderings that show how that ties in with the other buildings? If the wood plank is your unifying element, then you know, I'm not objecting to that. If I'm looking at this building yeah. by itself, it, it looks a little foreign to the rest of it. Um, it does add some warmth throughout. Yeah, it, it could does. Add so some I, warmth, kind it of looks a, a little foreign material, by itself. Yeah. If that's the unifying element, I get it that there's logic to that. Yeah. So I wouldn't change it just for that. But if you're looking at D and F, 
and your work in, in that unifying element changes, I would keep them consistent. But if you have that unifying element through the other ones and that's what's here, then, then that makes sense. And you we may keep, even keep ask it you accordingly. to put it in I. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so just as a, as a use sort of segregator between building I, we view this as the mid-sized to small company um, office. So, so these floor plans would accommodate something from 10, 5, 2,500 and somewhere in those ranges. Whereas building I is, is a larger for, footprint, 12 and a half, 25,000 square foot and, and, and larger. Um, so the, there's a lot, there's, there's different markets and we think that those will play really well off each other. See, I look at this building and I think this building relates to your office building. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, just, I think they did even a good if job. It ends up being different materials or whatever, I think there's, there's certain elements in it that, that really. Mr. Chairman, I, I realize we have codes that go to 60 and 80 feet and things like that. From, but from a practical standpoint, from a, from a fire, fire department standpoint, does this impact the city at all? Do we know? No, we have a 100 foot uh, elevated water source. Thank you no, for asking. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we answered that now. Other than so that hits all of the buildings. Do you have any further questions from a consultation standpoint? Do you have a clear understanding of some of the concerns? Um, yeah. I, 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 in the general sense, yes. We've taken, and uh, not me, they've taken copious notes. I think um, we'll try to continue to communicate with Monica especially to make sure that we've recapped and, and continue to address this. Um, our current plan would be to work on a lot of these comments tonight and try to get in front of you uh, early September. Um, so that would give us a handful of weeks to make some of these, assemble some of these packages, make some of these tweets, these changes, and then have something to have a more productive meeting um, in the early September range. Um, that keeps us on schedule, that keeps us our target, and, and in the meantime, we'll work really hard to, to, to assemble the things we promised we would tonight. So working with three different architects to bring it all together. Has yes, to be a you know how challenge. easy that is. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Every night. Yes. The, uh, okay. Um, in, anything else to add from the commission? good start thank you thank you we really appreciate this time I, I know it's uh, a long night so this is very helpful for us thank you all right that takes us to the central school it's already getting up <laughs> central school uh, Lot consolidation split. Well, the good thing is Monica had to stay anyways. <laughs> so we don't have anybody waiting for this one. It's presenting this one. Monica is. All right, so if everyone's ready, I think this one will be very familiar to the Planning Commission. Um, so 
This proposal is for the lot split and consolidation of Central School and Comstock House. And it is directly tied to the proposed zoning lines that were recently amendments to the zoning map for which were recently just passed by city council for inclusion on the November 8th ballot at the regular election. So the proposed lot line matches up with the zoning lines proposed and I'm happy to answer any questions, but it's pretty straightforward. You've seen it, you've reviewed it. Is this just a consultation? No, this moment. is a request for a final approval. Want me to smack him? <laughs> the, the joke went over my head, so that's a sign that I might be tired. <laughs> so the only thing to note is that we wouldn't be filing with the county this lot split plat until we were to receive an approval at the ballot for the zoning. That would make sense. Okay. Um, so this has all been seen. Yes. We're all well aware. Oh, yeah. Not a historic Seven building. Seven story building is going to follow on this residential. <laughs> um, any questions, concerns? Okay. There's, there's no historic significance that would preclude anything here. Okay. Matter of fact, this is to keep and protect the house yeah, and say. the other house next door. Uh, it's the city's intent at some point to sell the Comstock house to a person that's going to use it as a residence. And then the house next door, of course, will be somewhat protected by that. Where was the original school? Closer towards this end of the property. Or? Original school was closer towards the center. Towards the center. Yeah, originally the old one. Ron can tell you used to have to walk to it. <laughs> okay, I move for approval of a lot split and consolidation for eight nine two nine Highland Drive, permanent parcel number six zero one three four zero zero three, lot A and 27 Public Square, permanent parcel number 6013404, lot B, as described in the application dated July 25, 2023, and shown on the lot split plat dated May 2023, by Donald G. Boning and Associates, contingent upon approval of City Council and Board of Zoning Appeals of the following variants from section 1117.09 requirement that lots be generally rectangular in form to allow a lot with irregular form. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Sharia? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stuckey? Yes. Motion to adjourn. Second. Second. <laughs> Yeah, I... Anybody <laughs> <laughs>